What up, dude? What's up, dude? Thank you so much for having me. Mo. Thank you for saving my fucking ass last minute, literally. It's like, you had pleasure. to agree to this, like, last night, late, While after we were a in show, Memphis. right? While you're in Memphis. <laughs> yeah. We were listening to 3-6 Mafia, and I asked Robert, I was like, hey, do we have anything to do tomorrow? And he's like, no, because we were supposed to, like, do some uh, printing stuff or whatever. And uh, it's like, do you want to do Crash Cast? Like, yeah. Let's <laughs> fucking do it. I can curse, Thank right? You. Oh, you can say whatever okay. you want. Shit, fuck, piss. No one cares. Farts. Farts. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> you said cuss, not be disgusting. No, I'm just kidding. So how was last night, man? Dude, High it was, tone. It was so much fun. It's like this tiny little room, but like there's cool like Ninja Turtle stuff everywhere. So I was hella jealous of that. Uh, there was not a Ninja Turtle mural when I played there. That, that was... That's fucking awesome. That's the small room, I assume. Because mm-hmm. is it still two rooms? Yeah, they have a big room upstairs where they were doing open mic, which was really cool. Like I got to sit uh, in between bands while I was waiting on food. I got to watch these people do like their attempt at stand up comedy. It was so good. Some of them, most of them, weren't very good. Most of it was kind of generic, but it was really fun. You and know that, what I mean? That's kind of the thing about open mic. And it's, it's the it's juxtaposition of like people telling bad jokes upstairs and then like grindcore and stuff downstairs. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful. Love that, dude. We did that in Chicago. Chicago, where it was like it was like metal, metal, like punk metal stuff downstairs. Upstairs was a, a guy with an acoustic guitar uh, singing like cover tunes. It's like, man, this is just vastly different. The two very different things. It was the dude from Taking Back Sunday, the big guy. Oh wow! Yeah, he was dude. <laughs> he was drunk. I mean, belligerent, messing up everything. Like, and all anyone wanted to hear was like Taking Back Sunday songs. Right. But he could give a shit because he wasn't in, he had already quit, you know? So, like, he's like, the last thing I want to do is play fucking Taking Back Sunday song. And he was, it was, it was awful. He was having a bad time. <laughs> so, wait, how was like, what was the crowd like? Just sitting, you know? There, yeah. Upstairs, it was just people sitting around, like, yelling from a bar stool. Play this song. You <laughs> know, sounds, free bird. That you know, sounds that kind so of shit. awful. Yeah. Oh, it was fucking miserable. I mean, downstairs wasn't much better, like, as far as, like, the scale of people having a good time. <laughs> it had started snowing, so everyone's like, you know, you get that, oh, no, and you're in Chicago, so, like, they have, like, lake effect snow, so it can go from kind of snowing to, oh, shit, there's four feet of snow on the ground, like, an hour later. So I'm sure people are like hustling around. We ended up seeing somebody we knew, which is crazy. You ever mm-hmm. go somewhere randomly and just see someone you know far from home? Kind of. I had a couple of moments like that. Yeah, they yeah. Were really weird. Oh, yeah. it was one of them was at Maryland Death Fest. I saw somebody from Louisiana that I didn't even know listened to heavy metal there. That was really weird. You from Louisiana? Yep. No shit. What part? Uh, it's a town called Monroe. Actually, Monroe. it's called like well, I stayed West Monroe. But okay. like, you know, it's the same town basically. Sure, sure. I mean, North Little Rock, Little Rock. Come on, man. It's just a bridge. Yeah, <laughs> really. Bossier like, City, Shreveport, same. It's the same. same. Oh, but dude, like people in like uh, in Bossier City get really mad if you call it Shreveport. Where oh, and then like no Trust one in Shreveport is going to call like Shreveport Bossier City. It's just so it's like only like one side that it's gets one mad side about it. <laughs> <laughs> They're like we don't want to be associated with that. <laughs> 
Like, look, the whole city's bankrupt. We want nothing to do with you. Shreveport is a ghost town, man. And we get to. I'm excited that we get to play there soon. In like February, Where are you playing? we're playing at Bears on Fairfield with our friends in a band called Weather. Um, which I've uh, I've been watching Trey's bands like play for a long time. You know, just like yeah. growing up in North Louisiana, and they they would come through. And so to play a show with them is really exciting. That is exciting. And also we're playing with a band called Blood Drunk, which their their vocalist John Breedlove was in a band called Crack Fight. And he was in a band called Sheeple. Crap. And uh, I used to watch them all the time. They would come through and play. Because, like, the bar that those bands played was the same one where I met mm-hmm. Ted and Stan because Terminal Nate, not Terminal Nation, uh, Jungle Juice played there wow. back in like 2010 yeah. or 11 or whatever. So You got one of those steel trap memories, don't you? Oh, yeah. You when just it comes to heavy metal, yeah. like, I could tell you. Now, there are some foggy moments, but, like, yeah, for the most part. Was you born have, in Monroe? You just Monroe, born and raised? For the most part, yeah. I mean, I I spent some time like living in Florida with my mom, and then like I moved back to Louisiana, and then I stayed in Louisiana until I just decided to pack all my stuff up and move to Arkansas. So it was Louisiana to here. Okay, that's more what I was getting to. Was there an in between from there to here? No, it was uh, December twenty twenty one. I was like, I was playing in a band. It was cool. We got to go on tour with my friend Mitch Lang. Shout out the Mitch Lang band. Um, Mitch Lang? Mitch Lang. Okay. He makes movies and stuff. He's so awesome. That's cool. And um, so I was playing in his band, but like I could tell the people in the town did not care. Sure. And, and I didn't realize, well, it because I didn't feel it. It didn't, it just, when we played, it just didn't feel. Wasn't connecting. It wasn't connecting. Yeah. Even though, you know, and that was fine. But I wanted something different, so I started. What was it like? Metal or it was like punk and like uh, and like rock and roll, Um, and garage rock, I guess. Some a little more. I was gonna say subdued, like not just balls to the wall crazy. Yeah, it's it's you know it's four chord songs. Sure. And like some of the songs are about superheroes. They had a whole (laughs) album about Naruto, which is one of my favorite. There's a song called "Believe." It's my favorite song to play by them, and um, and yeah. And, and people liked it, and especially like because we did like a little mini tour, and mm-hmm. people like were into it. But then in, in Monterey, they're like, eh, whatever. Sure. Um, and so I just needed a change, so I started applying for jobs within the company I worked for, and then I managed to get a call. It was about about a year ago from the day we're recording this. It was it was it it was either. I think the fifth or the sixth is when I got a call from the from Little Rock, right? And uh, and got the told I had a job here. So you've only been here a year, yeah? Not even a year, not even technically, a year yet. And you've already done all the things you've done, <laughs> dude. Because it was so immediate. Because you, a guy like you, you're a very noticeable person. You're very tall, big statured man, and you just showed up one day, and you found all the things immediately, and just started chucking well, and jiving. I had had a lot of experience uh, doing things. Sort doing of, media, right? Yeah, doing media. You mm-hmm. know, I used to book shows. I used to sort of, you know, I was really involved in the music scene back home when it was like a thing. Then I was doing like journalism and all that stuff. Sure. And uh, it, so I, I, when I knew I got the job here, I was like, okay, what do you really want to do? Well, I knew that I used to come here to see Wake and Paul Bear and all these bands. So I was like, I want to play in a band and like maybe something cool will happen for me. I wanted to play death metal, but um, I once I moved here, I'm like, oh, well, like, there's so many people playing death metal. I don't really know what I want to do. Um, but for me, the serendipitous moment and sort of the, the, the my favorite part of this whole story is on January 21st of last year, I came up here to just visit. I wanted to see what Little Rock was like. 
see if I could live here, you know. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, place to live. Big, big jump to move somewhere. And so I was like, okay, what do I want to do? Well, I knew I liked singing karaoke. So I met up with some, I, I joined a karaoke, Arkansas karaoke Facebook group and like made a friend on there. And so they showed me some cool places in like Jacksonville. And uh, yeah, I sang there and it was, cool. I sang at uh, Hard Riders, which was really okay. fun. I was going to say, is it Hard Riders? Yeah. It was, uh, and I sang like Marilyn Manson and like these people are like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah. Which is a common reaction and I'm cool with that, you know. Um, but then the next day I went to a place, I don't even remember which one it was. And I was kind of bored and I was like, okay, what do I really want to do? And I started scrolling Facebook and I saw this poster with, uh, it was one with Pantheon and, um, and a civil servant. And I was like, what the hell is this? I don't know, but it looks heavy metal. And I've been wanting to check out Whitewater. And, uh, so I was like, okay, well, let's give it a shot. Sure. And so I walk in and I see this dude with a big old beard and a full hell shirt playing a What's that thing called, Robert? Yes. A mount a dulcimer. And I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I just fucking darnied into it. Because he's wearing like a full hell shirt looking <laughs> yeah. so heavy metal. The dude looks so heavy metal and I was like, Rocking a I don't know what this is, but I am here for it. And then I met while Robert was playing, I met Baker and like and B- Baker and I just Shout out Baker. Me- man. Shout out Jeremiah James so Baker. Yep. And he and I like I was I was so happy. <clears throat> Dude, I'm so excited to see a death metal band play. You know, because it had been, and then I made the joke. It, I went to Maryland Death Fest in 2012, and it had been about almost 10 years since I got wow. to see extreme metal live. You know, so due uh, to just various things. Um, so to get to, so you know, I got to watch Robert do his thing. Then he and I met, and we became friends immediately. And then I watched Pantheon, and just it blew me away. And I was like, okay, when I get back up here. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to go hang out at Whitewater. I'm going to hang out at Vino's. I'm going to keep making friends, and let's see what happens. So did you go, yeah, cool, I can live here from then? Or was oh, it yeah. like I needed a couple Dude, more minutes? No, that was it? I knew immediately. I knew immediately. I knew from singing karaoke, hard riders, and then going next door to the whatever place. I knew that night I was going to love it here. And, yeah. Um, the whole thing has just been the word. One word I use the most is serendipity, dude. It's so everything just happens so beautifully since it's all I moved like it was here. supposed to happen, kind of thing. Oh, Man, yeah. I've been hard on that for the last couple of years. The universe is kind of chucking and jiving and making me be in places for better or worse. You know, yeah. like what we were talking about all that stuff before we even started. Like for better or worse, it feels intentional. I can't quite describe it yet, and I don't know why. Because even with you guys, like <coughs> watching Shinfo, watching My Hands to War, it's a there's it just feels different, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and and that it's not sometimes you just watch a band and you're like, oh, oh shit. And then the <laughs> other times it's just like, oh yeah, this is cool. So you know, and, and with you guys, like both times I watch, you know, watch each of those bands, sure. it felt different. So like, yeah, it's each one of those one. things you were put here to do for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was uh, so like MHW is like the main thing, so it's like very serious and very structured, and there, there's a lot of chaos, but it's all it's all very on purpose, you know. Like and it's kind of, and it's also in our DNA, right? Like it's just in us, and I oh, think yeah. that shows the most, especially live. And you guys are so like uh, so over like people like before I went when because I would ask people, so what are someone else's favorite live bands? Everybody said my hands to war, like, and that was before you and I even met. Because I think the night you and I met was that Eyes Up House. Was it? It was probably. Oh yeah, it was the Eyes Up. I house. think it was Eyes Up. It had to be Eyes Up or Vinos, but I think it was Eyes Up House. Yeah. 
I'm almost positive of it. I was like, oh, that's the drummer from my hands to war. I should go talk to you. <laughs> He's better in person. <laughs> I was a fucking whale too, man. The pandemic was not kind to me. I'm still struggling to get all that pandemic weight off. Off. I've got a gym membership. I've been going sort of. Like I need to really, you know. Kick it into high gear. I figure I'd wait till the New Year's resolution people are out of the way and go start hitting it again. Now, right now, I'm down to like, you know, once a week if I'm lucky. Yeah. Uh, but then Shinfo came out of just pure, like, we need some other shit to do. We want to play more shows, but we want to fuck around. Like, we want to have some fuck around juice, and that's where that, which you saw it. So that's all it is. It's just pure nonsense. Well, just, I mean, but it's, it's cool, you know, and it's like, uh, it's got a feeling to it where you're like, oh, this is exciting. What I'm watching, this is not, you know, like, like, you know, it's just fun. It's design. It's like that's that's the only thing we do on purpose. Is like if we'll write something, and it doesn't feel like silly, Billy. Like if it can be serious, but it still has to have a level of like, haha, like for shits and giggles to it, or we just we'll just throw it away. Like we've written serious stuff. And been like, this seems a little much, you know, like we're going a little too hard in the paint. <laughs> like we're, <clears throat> I, we just wrote one and it might be one of the sickest little, it's just a ditty riff. You know, you don't, it's not a lot of movement in it. It's just like this cool, calm. It almost sounds like something that would have came out of the nineties. And I was like, it's too serious, man. Like it's a great riff, but it doesn't belong with this band. Yeah. Even though on an album, like on a record, it would be fucking so we might record it and just put it out as ourselves not as like Shinfo or Mahesh or we even lame Johnny you know you that's do a Shinfo Mahesh or split <laughs> <laughs> we could <clears throat> that's awesome uh so how oh let's get back to last night I we we completely yeah. went all over the place what was so high tones in a new spot from where mm. even the last time I when I played there yeah, they moved it. It's apparently so. Apparently, it used to be where Growler. It's all very. Confusing. It was across the street from Growlers and like this movie store thing. Yeah, Black Lodge. That yes. place is not. It's it's even closer to that place now. Really, but uh, yeah. So like, <clears throat> it was really fun. You know the oh yeah, I was gonna tell you. All right, so you know, just moved to Little Rock. One thing that inspired me a lot was going to shows and watching like these cool bands, like watching more revisions, watching yes. Second Life, those two bands specifically, and like also you know like Pantheon and like Severe Headwind. There's uh, so many now. It's cool it's watching so cool. those. It's cool watching all these like little rock bands and watching the way people here just erupt for those bands, right? Like, so the one jarring thing about playing Memphis is, like, okay. Even at Whitewater, like when we're playing to a Doom crowd with Mammoth Caravan, um, you know, people are kind of standing there, but that you can tell that they're feeling it and stuff. And like sometimes people will attempt to mosh. Dude, I was literally, I was telling, I want you to hit a motherfucker in that pit, Memphis. <laughs> they did not move whatsoever. <laughs> they enjoyed it. They had fun. And the dudes from Credit were like, don't worry about the fact that they didn't. Like, yes. But I was trying to get them to mosh because, like, in my head, well, these people are here to see a grindcore show, so I want to give them something to grind to. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And they just stood still the whole fucking time. It was so weird. Did they do that for all the bands? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There was a mosh pit for Corroded, and I think that's only because most of those people were there to see them and are friends sure. with them. And uh, and also Corroded fucking rules. They do. They're so awesome. They were here not that long ago, and they were Crash fucking... Crashcast Festival. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah, fun. And they were like... I was like, God, dog. <coughs> 
They were fucking phenomenal. That's that's so weird too, because you'll play those shows and you'll be in your own head as a musician. You're like, man, what the fuck, dude? And then someone will come up to you and be like, that was amazing. And you're like, did you have any? Were you in this? Are we in the same? It's funny how two people can be in the same room having two completely different moments from the exact same shit. Yeah, it is weird. That's wild. And uh, but I mean, people loved it. Like they were, they were all very kind. Yes. And, uh, and for me, it was important because Memphis is an important city to me. You know what I mean? Oh, same, dude. I go there constantly. Like Three Six Mafia is my favorite rap group. I've been influenced. I've, I've listened to them since I was a kid. It's probably what's up. Did they just lose movie. a member? Yeah, Gangsta Boo. R.I.P. Sad, dude. Um, Stay away from fucking fentanyl y'all yeah start testing your drugs i'm not anti-drug but you got to start they make strip kits now like that is just insane i yeah there's a lot about the fentanyl thing i don't understand it's very uh it's bad it's It's sad sad. this shit got prints man if it can get prints (laughs) it can get you no one's safe you just gotta that's a little psa from the crash cast and everybody just like they sell testing strips for fentanyl no Nobody's gonna judge you to get them. Like at least, just don't die. Fuck. Right. You know that shit sucks. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah. Also, I love the Memphis Grizzlies. They're my favorite basketball team. And so, shout out John Morant. And so, uh, so like there was this jersey on the wall. Like I knew I was in the right place when we walked in because I looked over and I saw our poster on one side of the wall, and then like I look on the other wall and I see a Memphis Grizzlies jersey. That's a Three Six Mafia uh, tribute or whatever. Sick. And I was like, oh, this is definitely. And then I saw that Ninja Turtles thing. I'm like, this is all my favorite stuff on the walls. <laughs> this is where I was meant to be. Um, that was fun. I love. Because it, it, it was fun because I've gotten so used to. I would even say a little spoiled by a little rock because, like, I know if we play a show with people that are going to move, they're going to mosh, and it's so fun. God, fair, fair. I know you know this, but for me, there was nothing more fun than watching people punch each other while you play heavy metal. So, <laughs> I love people enjoying it. If they want to punch each other, all I want is for them to enjoy it. But I don't really get to see it. Yeah. I'm drumming 99% of the shows I play. And so I'm. You can't I'm really see in. much, I guess, behind the, the symbols and all this stuff. Uh, the lights, man. Yeah. It's just the angle at which you sit and you just, it's just, I mean, he knows. It's, you're just, it's fuck. You don't want to look forward because everything's a shadow. At best, you can see like your back and maybe the front row. Yeah. <clears throat> um, The one thing for me is, uh, I didn't realize this, but when I play live, apparently I like have my eyes closed a lot. Sure. So Same. I don't even watch. I, I didn't even really. People be like, oh, do people are like going crazy? But I was like, you know, I don't. I I couldn't even tell because you know. Because you're just, singing too, right? I'm just yeah. Close my eyes, singing and just pouring it out, you know. But yeah. at that uh, Chris at the toy drive show, watching those like kids like run around and like they were all that was so much fun, wasn't it? Know? It was so. Uh, it's an experience that, like, you know, there's not much like it, I think. And that's right. why I enjoy doing this. You know, I feel like playing heavy metal is what I was put here to do. You know, I love talking about it. I love listening to it. I love playing it. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. No, I, I get that 100%. Like, why would you – there's something – I think every musician who plays live on stages can tell you the same thing. It's like, you're not. it's not for the money. It's period. not for the money. It's not for the money. So it has to be money. something that keeps you coming back for, <laughs> to be able to – put up with all the things you have to put up with, like having to be smart at everything now and like, you know, running t-shirts and doing all this stuff and like marketing (laughs) geniuses and you all have to be crazy involved. And yet some, for some reason, like, I don't know that most people would do that for a job. Right. If your job was, you have to do literally all this 
for $200 or whatever a paycheck is these days from like a company, I, I would rather do it for the free, <laughs> for the free, for my own enjoyment. But that, there, but, there's, but that's what I'm saying. Like the enjoyment is so high Yeah. when it's high. It's so high. It's like a drug. You're yeah. just trying to chase that high the whole time. And, and it's, yeah, you're right. Because like the lows, you're just like, it's fine. You know, you just sort of like, okay, yeah, this bad thing happened, but like, I'm not worried about it. We just, right. You know, you just keep pushing, you know, and, uh, and that's one of the fun things about me with Caribbean. Cause like, you know, when we started this dude, we didn't know what we were doing. It was the, the story basically see me and Robert, we were already friends. We met in an eyes up house show. Uh, it was the, uh, C D it was the one we described the moldy cheese open casket and, uh, CDS Chiari, I think is what they're called. Um, and they're a cool hardcore band from Chicago. And so Robert was like, hey, do you want to play sludge metal with me? And I was like, yes, <laughs> I sure do. Yeah, I got these, yeah. you know, I brought these, like I sold most of my stuff to come up here. I brought these pedals specifically designed to play doom metal, basically, right? Right. You know? And so I was like, yeah, let's do it. Bass, so, bass specifically? Because aren't you, don't you play bass? Well, I bought them as guitar pedals, but okay. they just happened to sound really good through my bass. Sure. Because see... I, you know, I, pl I started out playing guitar and I enjoy it, but I'm not good at it. I play guitar like a bass player, basically. So when I had that five string, I just, you know, go into jamming and stuff. And also shout out Gavin Brandt, um, because he like kind of taught me a little, a lot. How He taught me how to play a five string, how to play like heavy stuff. And because when I first moved here um, and now we're in a band together. Can I give an exclusive announcement? It's you called do the, whatever you want. It's called the Gowrow and it's going to be like a, like black and lay death metal. And uh, oh, we have a song on our like they just put out a Facebook page, and it's it's a different it's type. Is it live to go follow and like, or is it yes? It's public. Okay, cool. And so it's a, we have like a little snippet, but like Gavin, he kind of taught me how to play death metal, you know, because that's what I wanted. I wanted to play heavy metal and stuff. And so like, you know, he's, he was in the band Priya for a little bit, yep. and like, um, so I just getting to grow to like to the where point man with caravan is that you know his the, the all the growth leading up to it and because since we started this band like once we got in that room and we started playing it was immediate y'all it was immediate even from the outside looking in it was immediate um I, I was surprised at like you know how excited people were about it when we first started you know um because I didn't think anybody would care. And like, that's the one thing. I, and, and I know this may sound bad. That's just being a musician. I know man. Little Rock loves <laughs> doom metal. I, because I, I see the bands here that are successful and I see what they're doing and they're playing death metal. And it's right? not a lot of doom, right? And, but I love doom metal sure. and I'm good at it. I'm better at playing slow than I am better at playing fast. So like, let's do it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't expect people to care. And the fact that they do care and all the kind words has been such a blessing. You know, it's what I mean? so fast. Yeah, I mean, so it all happens well, so and fast. And we've talked about this you, before. Have you and been I. here a year yet? This whole no. this is so. This is what's so crazy. Even when this podcast drops, it still I wouldn't hasn't have been, been here. here a year. That's fucking silly, yo. <laughs> Dude, uh, we so our Shreveport show that we're playing on the seventeenth of February. That will be about a year. So within a year of Cuz like didn't y'all already post about your vinyl? Can I say at least y'all yeah, posted yeah. that, right? Yeah. You know how dude, I had two people, which doesn't sound like a lot of people, but two people were like, "How did they do that?" And I was like, "I'm not going to say it, but I bet if you message Robert, he'll tell you." Oh, Cuz yeah. he told me. I was like, he told me after the podcast, but I'm not going to He barely told secret. me. I had to be like, "Hey, wait, <laughs> who are we doing this through?" <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, and so 
I used to like I, I I used to collect records bad. I had to stop buying them because it stopped happening. I think it becomes an addiction, man. And I I do I brought it was a difficult difficult decision so, getting rid of most of my records. Did you stuff. move here and like float? Like couch hop or was it like <laughs> I moved here and stayed at Airbnbs and then I got lucky and I met this uh, this wonderful lady named Karen who like we I stayed at her house as an Airbnb and we became friends like immediately and uh, eventually she's like hey I got this other room and she let me like rent it out and so okay. that's how I got in my first few months here when I was doing the heavy hits thing interviewing yeah. bands and all that stuff I was living in North Little Rock and and um and my schedule was different I was uh, I was off during the the evening so like right. it was very perfectly like structured where I was able to like live kind of real close to everybody and you know I was always going to be in his white water and making yeah, you friends. were everywhere that's a I, huge well, and I had to because I knew that's what it was going to take to make the kind of friends and to do the things that I wanted to do here is make these connections meet well, people you know I mean you're you're like a walking example of what it takes like you're what you need to do you go you go to the thing you hang out with the people you, you know, it's gonna I be weird for a little bit. When it, like been this the gap after I met Robert before I officially moved here because I, I met him on the twenty first of twenty twenty two, and then I moved here officially on uh, the twelfth of twenty twenty two. And so, so between January twenty second and February twelfth, I just told myself, all right, I plotted out all the things I want to do. I want to I want to meet and become friends with the dudes from Wake and Paul Bear and Deadbird and all right. these bands and right. stuff and. I just set a list of goals, and I was like, I want to play Venus. That was one of my number one biggest goals was to play Venus. So out, to be dude, sitting here that. touching a piece of Venus history right now is oh, very right. special. Yeah, and um, because you never got to play on this, did you? No, I saw Lamb of God and Dillinger's Escape Plan and Under Earth, and every time I die in a tray, you and Under Earth and all those bands play on this stage. Well, now you're talking on it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right where all their drummers sat and, and their um, singers almost died. <laughs> I love that. That's one of my favorite stories. Like, yeah, this is so neat. I'm so glad y'all did this. Yeah. In particular, if you ever got to sit on that stage, this piece is iconic to the folks who walked around on it. Like, just this piece right here. And I did that very specifically because if you tell someone, no matter when they played, you'd be like, this is the trampoline piece. They'd go, oh, fuck, because it was a death trap. Like, really? it was just so terrifying, man. You'd step on it, and this drummer shit would just <laughs> start doing this. Like, this was a, I mean, the only thing holding it up was the fact that it was, like, in between other pieces. Because once we took it off, like, as we were tearing it, like, it was, like, me, Stan, and Todd, and, like, Kurt was, there was a whole group of us. We were just tearing shit off. Justin was there. Once we got to this piece, I was like, I have to know. And we, you know, we're getting the pry bars under there, and we just kind of, it just kind of, boop. It just kind of lifts up, and we're like, what the fuck? And we lift it up, and everything underneath it is just broken in half. All of it. Oh, wow. There was no supports, no nothing. So quite literally, just the rim, just the rim of the plywood is all that was holding on. Oh, my God. One, one good just super bounce, and it just would have caved the whole thing in, I feel like. But, oh, sh- wow. but that's, here it is. This is, <laughs> this is so cool. And, like, dude, uh... <coughs> Like when we played Venus, like it was such a spe- like that first show, that Kalinashi show. I didn't know how it was gonna go, like because I was like, okay, so like we're a doom metal band, we're playing with a bunch of hardcore bands, and um, you know, never heard Zashed, didn't know, like I didn't know who those dudes were, or whatever, and so, uh, so they were a big surprise. I'm gonna be honest with you, after watching Zashed play that night, 
I was like, how the fuck are we going on after that? Yo, same. <laughs> we all said the same <laughs> shit. <laughs> we're all like seasoned veterans, you know. We were like, holy fuck, the youngsters got it. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, I think in a way, like, like Jackson inspires me and he pushed me. I was like, okay, like watching, okay, this crowd is so into like his little you know he was making him what was he, he was making him do like uh he's got that thing the hokey pokey and stuff like that <laughs> and um so it made me i think in a sense it made me feel more comfortable being myself up yep. there and just you know like things don't matter just say it and they'll do, you know we're all here to have fun really yeah. hopefully yeah and so uh so yeah, that 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 show was so surreal. Like it was, uh, and then like people were like chanting my name afterwards, which was really strange to me, because like was this your know. first front front man experience? Yeah. Okay, that one's huge. Yeah, it was, I've I've done that too. I've been where you are. Like that first time when you're like, oh, man, if I don't I don't know how this is gonna go. Like, and I'm I'm so self detrimental. Like I'm so hard on myself. And then we did lame. I do lame Johnny too, and it just. Oh my God, the nerves on our first show. And it was in a shit box of a place. Like no one came. Thank God. I had been, I was so nervous. I was smoking. I've I've since quit smoking, but I was smoking cigarettes. Unbelievable before the show. I was like coughing in between songs and shit. It was terrible. I did so bad. I did so bad. Dude, and that's because I smoke. And so it's a, it's very, um, it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. I've found myself like there's been at least a couple of times where I felt like I'm about to pass out on the stage. And I had to no, like, same. dude, one of them was at Area 51. The only thing that stopped me from falling face first is because I didn't have any water and I didn't rethink about all the ex- energy expulsion and all the, yep. the water required. And so it was at Area 51. I was in the middle of playing the song Petroglyphs and I had to just... I just took a big deep breath through my nose and blew out through my mouth and just kept going, and it just sort of, I managed to make I've it. Had, I, I've had a yeah. few. I've had a few. I've had a few. <laughs> dude, I've had some lights out moments where, like, I, I legitimately one show, and I want to say it could have even been the live stream. It, it was in recent years. I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna pass. I'm gonna pass out right now, like because we were just going so fucking hard and i back then i was singing more too so it probably wasn't the live stream it's probably before that but i mean just go just the amount of energy and then you're using all your oxygen and you're uh you know you're singing so you're using even more oxygen and i just i started just fucking like my i saw that like closing dude and the same shit i had to sit straight up and Holy fuck! <laughs> it's, it's the most terrifying it's feeling terrifying. in the world. <laughs> I will say, quitting smoking definitely helped the uh, blood flow issues. I was. <laughs> uh, I need to. I, I, I need to quit smoking. I, it's. It's. But you it's smoke like, a lot. Yeah. Well, yeah. maybe Dude, like I was like pack fucking a, packing a half a day, two packs. I'm a, about a pack a day and every a couple of days kind of thing. If uh, sometimes I could burn through a whole, like. It's weird. I, it it like, didn't I like smoking though. I right? like it's fun and it's like, like a, but it's also you know I heard someone make an analogy like quitting smoking is like telling yourself to stop punching yourself in the face. You yeah. have to be like stop punching yourself in the face. Like you know, uh, but it feels so good. I just I just can't. <laughs> and also like it's it's such a you know 
being in social scenarios, sometimes it's awkward. And I get overstimulated at shows sometimes and stuff, oh, yeah, you know. Sure. So I'll just go stand outside and then mm-hmm. what do I want to do outside? Oh, I want to have a cigarette, you know. And then it's just kind of the next yeah. thing I know, I've been chain smoking and just like listening to bands play from outside. And I'm oh, just dude. Like, oh. I can tell you how many new packs I've opened outside of Vino's and just crush that whole pack in in the span of two hours, <laughs> just choking them down. <laughs> So bad. How did you quit? What was your secret? Stop. You just stop? I think it's the only way I can do stuff. Cold turkey. Yeah, because I'm just full force with anything. And basically, it just got bad enough where I was like, oh, I'm going to fucking die. Like, for sure. Like, I'm smoking two packs a day. My breathing is fucked. And, like, it's starting to show live. Like, all these things. You know, it just, like, the the list just starts growing, you know. And finally, I was just like, all right, it's stop or, or stop living. You know, just die, get cancer, and you know, do that whole fucking thing. And so, I thought, you know, things do help. Like, uh, me and my wife quit at the same time, and she used the, the, those nicotine patches, like Nicorette, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. And so, and that really helped. But like, everyone I know that did it, even her, she was like, "My dreams are insane." I'm like, "Well, fuck all that. I don't need that." Uh, so I just, I just stopped, man. I just was like, fuck it. And one day I just didn't buy any and it sucked for a week, two weeks. And now it's been months and like, I don't miss it. I would, you know, I wish smoking, I just wish smoking didn't kill you. Like if I could do like two or three a day, I'd be on that. But like the second I have one, I'm going to have 20 for sure. It's kind of like beer. Yeah. The second I pop one, that's it's, it's all day, you know? So it is what it is. I'm better for it, you know, I guess, like physically speaking. My yeah. lungs will So do you have me. more energy when y'all play shows and stuff? Uh, Maybe not more energy because I'm always like an energy, I'm an energy just gobble it up. Like I'm always just doing something. I'm always going full force into it. And I live on caffeine. But definitely like longevity. It helped being at like stamina. Especially drumming when you're drumming for an hour. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. I don't know how the hell he does it. Yeah, <laughs> and you're full force, and your whole body's flexing, and you're, you know, and and sometimes now I don't really do it as much as I used to, but like singing at the same time, it definitely is like, cool. I can get through that verse, and like it doesn't even matter now, you know. So, pros and cons, but then at the end of the day, it's just like smoking's pretty fun. <laughs> Yeah, shout out Cameron Crush my thoughts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was a Marlboro guy myself. And see, like, it didn't really start like until the last couple of years. The sad thing is, I feel like it makes my death growl. Like, I feel like it, it, it makes it, it makes it scratchier and like, cause, cause I'm not like when I sing. I'm not just like, you know, I'm not trying to be like the songwriter of my generation up right, there. Not, it's not going for operatic. No, you know? I'm just yelling. That's right. <laughs> I was the same way. Mine is the same way. Like it's sing-songy-ish, but like there's a lot of grit in there. Mm. See, mine is, my, I'm in a, the unfortunate uh, like product of listening to way too much Metallica. So like, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot and probably anybody that's listening, like, there's a lot of James Hetfield in the way that I do my like screaming, and it's not even intentional. It's just because I've listened to you know, the man's voice so much, and I just, just you know, and out, I've listened yeah. to his live albums, and I even have all like his little like things he says for like the live shit, Benjamin Persia's, all that stuff memorized, <laughs> and so uh, yeah, but like, but it's also cool. It's fun to 
to have that inspiration just sort of sure come Absolutely. out. You know, yeah. Well, you take that if you like that, and then you build on that. You know, at first you're gonna have like the little imposter syndrome. You're kind of just doing what they're doing, but then eventually it just becomes your version of it, and, and now see, that's how you sing. What I did. So the one thing is, uh, the one thing that started this whole like playing music was doing karaoke, right? Which I like and, it because it's more of a Lemmy vibe to me personally. Like when I watched y'all finally, because I'm wait, Lemmy really. I, I would think I, you gave off more Lemmy vibes to me than Hetfield vibes. Oh, that means so much to me because I've seen, Lemmy is my hero. Lemmy is and, a god. <laughs> Lemmy, like so, like Lemmy filling out from Thin Lizzy and Peter Steele from Typo Negative. Yeah. Those are my three like bass player, vocalist, frontman like influences. You know, okay. So that's cool to hear the Lemmy thing. Um, but like when I do karaoke, I always do like, this Carrie Underwoods before he cheats, and but I do it my way, right? And people call it people call it screamo, but really it's just me. It's the the same singing that I do in Man with Caravan is the same way I sing that Carrie Underwood song, and so I think it sort of taught me how to sing this way, which is awesome. I need to I need to come witness some of your karaoke Tuesday night at the Whitewater. Dude. I bet it's so fun, dude. It's fun. <laughs> hey, what well, Robert and his wife were there, and uh, and I sang Pony by Genuine. <laughs> It was, it was the most vile, yet incredible thing I've ever yeah. seen in my entire life. It's, it's, just so it's just so unassuming. Like, you're not you're not looking. Like, first take, Brandon Ringo, you're not thinking, I bet this man loves karaoke. Like, that's not my first fucking thought. <laughs> but this what brought it, dude. Like, because there's this bar at home called the Brass Monkey, and the staff there, they were so sweet. They were so wonderful. And they would... There would be times where they were the only people I was singing to, right. but I was I had I knew I had to do this. It was, I was going through a very traumatic thing in my life, and I was like, "That's what made me happy." Just so outlet. I I just got used to you know I would God bless them they would have to listen to me sing like Megadeth and like I, one time I think I sang like six Megadeth songs in a row unstopped yes. because nobody else was. So there. you're closer to my age though, right? Yeah, I'm thirty. I'm thirty eight now. That's right. So all all that stuff. What What's the age for you? Because, I mean, mine started in, like, teenagerhood. I, I really missed the boat. Like, my shit really didn't come around to, like, eighth, ninth grade. Like, the end of eighth grade, going into ninth grade, like, interest, you know, in maybe I want to be playing music and not just listening to it. Dude. Was yours, like... <laughs> mine started during COVID. It was... That's fucking crazy. So, okay. Brief back. Because you were doing journalism before that, right? Yeah. So, I played bass for a little bit. My dad bought me this really cool bass back in like uh, high school and and uh, I learned to play a little bit but the problem is um I tried playing like Slayer and Pantera and Metallica songs and stuff and I couldn't even play like Smoke on the Water basically like, yeah you gotta start with the basics so I, would yeah, get, yeah. I would get frustrated that I can't play Slayer Rain and Blood and so I just gave it up I was like fuck, fuck this <laughs> sure, I don't want to sure. do this and, and you know I was booking shows and I had other things going I was trying to get through college and stuff I was like eh this playing music thing whatever I would just rather go see bands so anyways started interviewing bands doing the whole journalist thing shout out New Noise Magazine god that was so this is such a fun like time of my life you know and it was cool because it, it was kind of a i was working a boring job and that was what made me happy and then eventually during covid um i just felt this weird urge like i wanted to i was like i have to play music and uh this this dude of mine who um this friend of mine here that i hadn't talked to in ever he just started making shit on his phone and it sounded really cool and i was like okay i could do this so I talked to my friend Brian at work, Brian Leonard, of this band called Boudin and the Holy Electric Sausage Kitchen. 
Shorten to Boudin now. Uh, Yo, shout out Boudin. Boudin is shout delicious out Boudin. as fuck, man. It is. My friends live in Broussard, and uh-huh. her, their mom makes the best Boudin sausage. Oh, my. I would fucking get in a fight for that. That shit's so good. It's so good. And uh, Brian was like, he, you know, I had this shitty old Fender. Like, dude, it was one of those guitars like you would buy at Sam's Club or whatever. Like a court. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like just sitting in the fucking uh, closet with the missing strengths. So I went and bought some strengths. Yeah. It yeah. was a Fender. And so, or, well, Fender, well, not fender shape. Yeah. yeah. And so I went and got some strings and he put it on there for me and I started playing Iron Man. And then I started playing other like Black Sabbath songs and I learned some Danzig and I learned some uh, like Venom and like Misfits and like I just kind of kept working my way through and then I started learning Electric Wizard and shit and like it just kind of continued and, and like playing like like a heavy, you know like the stuff that we play in Man with Caravan yeah that's the stuff that I that was kind of like my dream music honestly like and I think that's what makes this so fun for me is. You know, when I envision how I would want my band to sound, I feel like this is exactly because it's what I've been planning for. You know, I wanted to play music because once I started doing it, once I started playing guitar, like playing, it gets in you. Yeah, Yeah. and it it got hard to stop. And, um, and, and, And so, so. Even when I was learning to play guitar, I didn't think I wanted to be like a musician and be like on stage and doing the shit I'm doing now. I was just having fun with it. And then my friend Mitch Lang uh, asked me if I wanted to record an album. And so I was like, yeah, we did it on his back porch. Then I ended up joining his band and going on tour with him and all that stuff. Once we went on tour and I was able to survive a five-day tour, like uh, that's when I was like, okay, this is real. Like This is the thing right. I want to do. And so that's when I knew when I came up here – I was I was going to take it seriously and I was going to do something because I knew I had to, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. And uh, I do know what you mean. So that's why this whole that's that's why like this is also special to me because like it's what I've wanted so much. And just in two years. Yeah, in two, two years. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like how and, does it first off it found you like not music but being a musician playing an instrument in a band touring found you much later in life so you're like 30 35 36 i was uh yeah i was like 36 when i started playing music basically (laughs) (laughs) and and now you're already within that span of time you're already releasing a vinyl doing the thing go playing countless fucking shows at this point already well actually 2023's looking up yeah we played okay so we played seven so far and then we have yeah but you just started i'm saying like There's not a band that's just starting that's already out the thing and then like, oh, we've done this. Oh, vinyl too. Hey, oh, and we're doing a video, which that video shoot looked like it was fun as shit. Dude, it was so much fun. At the playground. Oh my God. So it was really funny because like I had never done anything like that pantomiming and stuff, but I played at Area 51, so I'm used to playing and not here. Just kidding. I'm just kidding, okay? But shout out. Uh, so, <laughs> everyone that's played there knows exactly what you're saying, bro. Don't don't worry. I love you, Jason. Yeah. So, anyways, so yeah, so like we had this, like we weren't, you know, we didn't have the the amps and shit plugged up. But Robert's like, dude, do you want to like shoot a music video? I'm like, yes. It's like, what if we were to take the amps from my house to the park up the road? Because we had already shot a promo video there. And I was like. Fuck yes. So we talked to my machete, Eddie, who is important to me because I used to also, like the other guys I had talked to, he used to come play Monterey all the time. Yeah. So I like became, you know, he played in our wrestler bear once. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, 
shout out Stephen Bradley. I love that dude so much. He's so cool. Um, so I became friends with I wrestled a bear once before they blew up and stuff. And uh, so Eddie came and filmed our video. So to have a dude that I you know used to watch him play, and now he's filming us. Oh yeah. Love those yes. moments, man. And his narrative was perfect because, like, dude, so I'm sitting there getting my oil changed, right? And Eddie's like, hey, I have this idea for the video. After he agreed to say yes, he started pitching it to me. And then I copy and pasted it in the conversation and showed it to Robert. And I was like, are you cool with this? And Robert's like, yes. And so um, basically we conceived the whole video in, like, X amount of time. And actually today, the day that this comes out, I believe, is the day our video gets released. Yeah, yeah. And so That's it's just, so it's just so a go to YouTube or go wherever to the YouTube.com slash Mammoth Caravan Doom Metal or there whatever. You go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Facebook. Facebook.myspace.com. Uh, MySpace. Forward slash Mammoth Caravan Doom. Zanga. Fire. What was the fire one? Angel check out, Fire. Check out Ice Cold Oblivion on February 24th out on LimeWire <laughs> and Napster Lime exclusively. In the private bay. <laughs> hmm? Email. Today. Email. Yes. It we'll show it to you. Is it really? <laughs> oh, get fucked. Bro, Eddie had the motherfucker done. Y'all work so I, fast. Y'all work so fast. It's on. It's unfucking precedented, y'all. Three of you do yeah. more shit in like a week, and I'm over here like, yeah, fuck it. Because we tell, tell him about the fucking metal injection thing last night. Oh, I just saw that today, bro. So metal injection. Is that I, a so, you? Did you do that? Uh, no, I don't know how it happened. Well, I know how it happened. If you don't know how it happened, then that's even better. Basically, yeah. what yeah, happened is, so we're coming okay. back from Memphis. After all these, I mean, all these people said wonderful things. Right, we right. sold merch. It was the most beautiful out-of-town show experience you could ask for, right? And so we're, like, coming home. And then my friend Justin Norton, uh, we were listening to the, because I was making fun of Robert. I was, I was like, Robert said, Robert, because this is a true story. This man goes, <laughs> I feel like the John Cena rap album is more influential to me than any Doom album. <laughs> so I was picking on weird. So we started listening to it. And then my friend Justin Norton sends a Facebook message to me and Robert's like, hey, you guys made metal injection. So we look at the article and I was like, flabbergasted because like you know these dudes have like a million followers Dude, on it's Facebook. metal injection. That's crazy. And uh, so what happened basically we, we've paid this company called Climber PR. Uh, we got set up there. Then my friend Justin, he was like, you know, he told me you should look into Clawhammer. And that I went in, found their email, sent him an email, and he emailed them for me also. So he had, so we, I, they had the record already, like before they even. Right. So we got to talking, and we we're like, yeah, let's do this. And I gave him stuff. Getting to do PR for this record has been so much fun. Because right. I, being a journalist, I love getting to talk. I love getting to being on the other side of that. Getting to send out news releases is uh -huh. my favorite. You know, like Mammoth Caribbean releases X single. God, that, that's, that's got to be great for you too, though, because like I'm you've been on the other side, so you know how to say things. Like what's a what's a bad way to like don't worry like that. What like I this. I know what I like as far as like, and I've seen bands like what they do with you know cool album release campaigns and shit right. you know so that having that that knowledge and connections and all that stuff is 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 made getting to do that as a musician so much fun right you know and getting to be on the other side it's really cool i but i enjoy getting to play both sides because i still want to continue to like interview other bands and i want to write about bands and i don't want to just like rest on my laurels you know what i mean sure, i want sure. to keep going with it because this is one I enjoy. I mean, same. I mean? I mean, I'm literally doing that right now. Yeah, like, exactly. That's same, same shit. Well, you're yeah. doing, see, because the minute, like, 
you know, you were goals for me. Like what what you do is, I was like, this dude's doing a podcast and he's playing in this cool ass band. Like those are the things that I wanted to do. You know what I mean? And so I I saw you as inspiration before I even met you. And then so then we met. I was like, wow, this guy's actually really nice too. This is cool. Mostly, mostly. Sometimes I'm a piece of shit. That's okay. It'd be like that. I'm very passionate. (laughs) A passionate piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. I'm a passionate piece of shit. So, if you do, did you go to college for this, bro? I no. I went kind of. I went to high school into. I went from high school and I worked at a radio station. Were you in high school in Louisiana? Yes. Okay. So I graduated from high school, and I was like, okay, well, I could do college, but I was not ready. I was like. Dumb fucking high school. Okay, like I, I am a. It took me a couple of years. I was a fucking party. I had dude. to get into my twenties before I like even really became a human being. I was really into doing dumb shit. <laughs> Crimes were a huge part of my. I life. would but see. I would do the opposite. I would just veg out for. Hours. I would just do nothing. Like I would go home from school and play Madden until it was time. To, until I fell asleep. Basically. I feel that. See, I would just learn solid state bands, records on guitar, well, and then. Once Hi. I started going to shows, that's when it changed. I went to my, I got invited to my first like local like hardcore show. So you were out of high school when that happened? Yeah, my senior year is when I went to my first shows. This blessed morning, Plastic Glass. I'm shouting all these bands yeah, out on purpose. Yeah, the, yeah. This blessed morning, the Burning Issue, Twelve Gauge Valentine, and Plastic Glasses. Twelve Gauge Valentine, nice. Twelve Gauge, yeah, they used yeah. to play here. I, I used to have that. one of their shirts. Dude, those guys are so. They were so cool to me, and like they're. Uh, and it was fun to see them get successful. Like, you know, we talk about watching bands, like watching 12 Gauge literally come out from bumfuck nowhere right. and get signed to Solid State. Yep. You know, that was very inspirational to me. And that was one of the things that sort of, you know, you, you watch the way other people do things and you're like, okay, if I had the opportunity, what would I do with it? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, for sure. And Daydreaming. So, but yeah, so like I went to that first show and that's when I was like, oh, this is something, you know what I mean? Oh, it'll get you. If it don't, it's going to get you or it's not, I feel like. With the underground stuff, man, I got got immediately. Yeah, my, my most of my 20s are spent going and watching. I would go to Warped Tour. I'd go to any festival I could go to, like Rockstar May. The only one I regretted didn't get to go to was OzFest. But, like, that was more like, eh. I was more into, like, Warped say, Tour. We and just like, talked about it. I went to one OzFest, and, like, low-key, I... Ozzy, not only, of course he was the best, but he was the best so much that the rest of the fest wasn't really worthwhile. Yeah. It was kind of tr- shit. Um, it wasn't that great. Warped Tour is much more fun. They used to, like, really, there would just be some cool moments. But, see, yeah, like, Warped Tour is way more fun because you could be literally watching Paramore and then you watch, like, August Burns Red and then, like, Under It's just so much like, genre hopping. Every time I die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Different kinds of stages, too, so you're not getting the same. Some you can just literally walk. Like, watching the chariot on a generator stage is far different than watching, you know, Paramore from the main stage. I saw uh, Ed City's Burn and Evergreen Terrace both playing. They had split the, uh, they had split up the the main amphitheater stage where, like, Disturbed and then played. Yep. Oh, the duel where they split it. Having on each side, yes. Watching Evergreen Terrace and ACB play that was fucking weird because I used to watch As Cities Burn play. I watched them play in a coffee shop which, to like 15 people. I was going to say, which version of ACB was it? Was the it? old before Solid State. <clears throat> okay. Like, they used to, they came and played in Monroe. That shit was so inspirational to me because they were so passionate about it. You yes. know what I mean? Like you could feel the 
passion for their music oozing out of it. And you oh, could just yeah. feel it, and it created this beautiful environment, you know? I feel like with them, even with the genre changes, it was the whole time. They oozed the, Wait, whatever they are from they Arkansas, doing. right? One of them was. Okay. They, the rest of them are from Louisiana. The two brothers oh, are from Louisiana. Oh, that's right, from Baton Rouge. Yeah. That's, yeah. Dude, you know what? I saw them play Baton Rouge, actually, and it was uh, it was a really important show, but I didn't end up getting to Well, I was down there, and they were playing, but then me and my friends left that show to go see Remembering Never Play in New Orleans. <laughs> I, uh, in hindsight, should watch that city's burn. Sure. Because I ended up getting way too drunk in New Orleans, and it was very weird. <laughs> <laughs> now it's dog. You're going to get got. You go there, man. <laughs> going to a Remembering Never show is usually never a great idea if you don't want to get punched in the face. Sure. You know. <laughs> I've never been to a show in New Orleans, but I can't imagine how crazy oh, it must be. I've nuts. been, but I've never, like... I've just been for like the culture. It's nuts. And I dude. guess when I was three, I went to what's that giant festival they have? I've seen everybody there from Hanson to Meshuga. You've seen Hanson? <laughs> that's a real gear shifter. It, it was the loudest crowd I've ever heard in my of life. Of course, they're singing every word. And it was like, it was, was Mbop just def- out of control? It was deafening. <laughs> it was deafening. I've seen Motorhead live. Um, Hanson was like, like the crowd for Hanson. The you have seen Motorhead? Motorhead ripped, dude. Yeah. I got to the, see him one time at the Simmons. Dude, I, I was at that show. That, that was, was so the loudest. They were louder than the Foo Fighters. There's only three of them. Some girls got mad at me because I'm like super tall and kind of standing in the way. And they're like, can you move out of our way? We can't see. And I just looked at him and said, that's Lemmy. No. And I just. <laughs> All I can think of is that scene from Wayne's World when he's like, excuse me, I'd like to get by. Now he's like, get out of here, dweeb. And he shocks him with the fucking but, thing. I did end up letting them in front of me for Foo Fighters. It's like I don't, you know, I, mean, I love the Foo Fighters. Yeah, yeah, but same. Like, but but like Lemmy, you know, see Lemmy's a Capricorn like me, so I'm like, that's you know, this man just dropped the fucking <laughs> Capricorn. <laughs> well, they have a song called Capricorn. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I like because me and because Lemmy was born on the 24th, and I was born on the 25th of December. So. Okay, sharing a birthday. Yeah. That's going cool. And then LeBron James was born literally five days after me. So when you're so calling you LeBron James shit. old. This is what you're calling old, and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> hey, well, congratulations, man! You made it. Thank you. You're up there. When you get I to don't the, know how when you're on the other side of the mid 30s, you're like, shit, I made it. Fuck, I'm old now. Now it's just existing and doing what I want. Exactly, and, and that's really what life has been like since since I started playing music. Is now I've finally learned to pursue the things that bring me true joy. You know. Oh, wait. How did you get into journalism? That's where we were at. Oh, yeah. So in college. <laughs> okay. So in college, basically, I had this teacher. I went there for networking. It was uh, Delta, Louisiana Delta Community College or whatever. Okay. I was taking classes for computer networking. <laughs> I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. I listened to, like, I would go to school, like, I would go to school high, and I would be listening to, like, Monster Magnet and Fu Manchu and all this music, and I was just more interested in listening to music stuff. Then this teacher was like, hey, you're writing. He's like, this English teacher, you know, I wrote some stories. She's like, this is, like, really good. And I was like, well, thank you. And she's like, no, no, like, this is really good. You should continue to do this, like, for real. And um, Shout out to teachers that do that. Shout yeah. out to teachers that do that because uh, it's important. My day. Yeah. And so, you know, what it did is, and then I would take that. That same day, I went and sat in the computer lab. I'm like, okay, well, what do I want to write about? I want to write about albums. So I wrote about some uh, suffocation record. I wrote about, I did a, like, a little thing. I had this, it was back when Facebook, you could do, um, like notes and stuff, I think. 
I'm pretty sure it's Facebook. It might have been MySpace. I'm that old. Uh, but it was, anyways, I was writing stuff, these reviews, and people were able to see them on social media. And um, they were like, this is good. So I started a blog, started writing about all these bands uh, and stuff. I wrote about like Zayo, and I would write about my favorite albums. Zayo. Then I would start interview. I would just start finding stuff, like illegally downloading albums that were coming out, and I would just write about them. And then, like, you know, so I would like listen to it and then throw out a bunch of reviews and stuff. And Instead of people being like, what the fuck is this? They were like, hey, I like this. I actually listened to that album. It was cool. So I just, okay, let's keep going. Then that led to, I interviewed uh, I interviewed some bands, and like local bands and stuff, you know, back home. Yeah. And I would get used to sitting and just having conversations with musicians. Mm-hmm. And I would ask them questions and stuff. Um, and then I came up here for see St. Vitus, Wake, Weed Eater, Yob. And I don't remember who else. And um, I sat in the car with CT and interviewed him. It was so much fun. <laughs> and, uh, and CT's like CT's like smoking a bowl, just like <laughs> chilling while I'm like I I'm just terrified, like from nerves and stuff. Like right. So when you did Voices of Omens, <laughs> but like, but it was you know, but it was it was cool. And then I turned that interview into the magazine, this New Noise magazine. Um, which that's a whole other story, but but yeah, basically, long story short, journalism happened because a teacher told me, "Hey, your writing is good. You should continue to do How about it." That? And I said, "Fuck yeah, let's go!" And so I started finding ways to do it. One little thing changed your whole damn trajectory. Yeah, you could and, just be Brandon Ringo, the Brandon, fucking guy no, at Circuit City selling I, you fucking. I could be Brandon you Ringo. Cat six, Cat five. I would have ended up probably working as the IT guy for like an elementary school or some shit. Oh, like, just or like, like offices. I the was the weird probably, guy with the past that's taller than all the children. They go the Whoa. dude that when people say, "Hey, this computer doesn't work," I say, "Have you tried turning Turn it on?" on? <laughs> yeah, the fucking you're that guy. Yeah. So and I'm I'm so thankful that I don't have to do that because there was nothing interesting about that to me. You know what I mean? Right. Like. I was more interested in reading about, like, you know, listening to and learning about heavy metal bands and stuff. I would be in class reading the entire Monster Magnet Wikipedia. Like, I just discovered this band, and now I have to learn everything about them. That's wild. You're a deep diver. Oh, yeah. Yeah? For sure. Are you still like that? Not so much Or, like, you just kind of... I feel like that was the early days of the internet, where you could, you kind of got crazy because you had to kind of dig you know you'd have to dig and go find these obscure articles on websites and shit or blog or blogs you know if somebody got to meet them at a show it was like the in-between from yeah. old the old way we did shit to like the new way we did shit there was like that crossover for like what it was probably like a good five years where like that was the method yeah that's that's fun yeah um i uh and you know, one thing I would do was when I started interviewing bands and stuff, like, I don't remember what train of thought we're on right now, but like one of my favorite things is like, I would just ask them questions I was generally curious about. Yeah. So like for me, writing music was like magic. I didn't understand how it worked. So then I was asking like, I think it was like the Bobby Blitz from Overkill. I just asked him how he writes his songs. And he's like, oh man, they just write the riffs and they like do this and that. And then I just come up with words for it. And I just remember hearing him say that. And then I was wondering myself it's that fucking easy it is that easy it is that easy is. and that's the thing with me with carry man i shouldn't be able to play and sing at the same time because i'm a novice at it but uh, because of the way that uh that the riffs are structured you just want to though because like i was the same way i wanted to sing and play and i've been singing and playing pretty much 
the whole time. Because I like making noise with my bass, and I like screaming my guts out. And so with, with Man's Caravan, Robert and Evan were like, all right, here's your verse. And so I just sort of, you know learn how to play the song, learn how to play the riff, and then the words just kind of came. Like with Frostbite, which is the song that most people, it seems to be our most popular release amongst like the Little Rock friends and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, I was at Evan's house one day while Robert was visiting family in Cleveland, and Evan just like starts playing that riff, and I started singing, Encased in Ice. And then it's like, and Evan kind of looked at me, and there's, oh shit, we just wrote a song. <laughs> I love it when so, that happens, dude. And so the fun part is then, like, okay, I know rhythmically how I want to do it with my voice. Then finding those words, you know, finding mm -hmm. a little, that's when you get to start digging and reading. And I've been doing it. I didn't know anything about mammoths or the Ice Age or any of that shit. I mean, I knew a fair amount. A, a basic <laughs> they were giant elephants before I moved. covered in hair. And then once, Ro <laughs> I'm telling you, like, once Robert like, was like, once we do the band, it's like, okay, this is what the, you know, he's like, you got your first song, Ice Cold Oblivion. He oh, just, I, he just dude, threw names The thematic shtick that y'all have is so much fun. Cause like, I just, I take, I take phrases. Like I took a, like, he gave, he gives song titles and I just write around that. You yeah, know, yeah, and I just sure. get, to, so I'm like, okay, this song is called Ice Nomad. Well, and I'm just sitting in my car and then that, the Icy Nomad, buh, 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 buh. Right. And then an, I was able to find words to fit into that blah, 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 blah part. You yep. know? And it's really that simple, which is easy, which is, it's easy to say because it's also like extremely difficult, but you know, it's, it's weird, this process. It feels like a sort of magic having to conjure and, you know, make your words fit the whatever, you know? Yeah. Well, you can, or you can say, or you're like, ah, that's a little convoluted. He's like, that, that's too many conjunctions. Like, yeah, that sounds a little I, pretentious or, or something like it, it's like, it is very strange being a guy who's had to write lyrics for songs for a long time. It definitely gets strange, but the doing the pre, that's actually a good tip. Not a lot of people do that. I, I didn't really start doing that till later in the game when you hear something and you, and you kind of just go, huh, like you get the cadence first. It really helps with like, because only so many Aussie. words are going to fit in. Nah, nah, right. So in this beat, I've only got a handful of words I can truly write or break up into syllables. So many syllables are going to fit in this little junction here. And, and that definitely helps. I learned it from Ozzy because uh, <laughs> he was talking about Scratch Chat because there was something he was talking about stupid shit he was singing in the studio or whatever. Right. You were like, and, butterfly uh, kisses, you know. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and, I, but, and, and then I was like, oh, that's how it works. So like on, on the song Ice Cold Oblivion, we've got the chorus. Oh, 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 oh. that was uh, sort of my way of being like, okay, well, is there something here? So I just started singing it during like while we were learning the song. And I discovered there's really no words here, but just singing oh like that little, and and I do that a lot at karaoke too. Like like when I sing Black Sabbath, uh, Iron Man, I'll like I'll do woes and stuff along yeah, with yeah. the solo because it's fun, it's different, you know. But, oh yeah, yeah. So like the songwriting process for me at Caravan is so it's so random and like interesting. Like everything just sort of happens, uh, and then. It's one of those things like Evan will teach me a riff and then I'll like sing that riff. And then once I sing it back to him, <coughs> then I practice it on bass and then so, boom, we lock it in. And then we just sort of. So get it's all it. kind of happening in the room, real time, live. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we just, and see, we've put so much, like, like if anybody's like, how are they doing all this? It's because we put the work in. We've put, we've, we've practiced. I can 
count on one hand how many weeks we've gone without having to practice. And sometimes we'll play, when we began, we would play our sets. Like we would play it through it two or three times. Oh, like yeah. Before that Telekinetic Yeti show, our first one, we played our set like three times in uh in like a practice then we went and took all our gear to conway and like we got to practice in this really cool ass room there and that was our first time hearing it outside of robert's uh like room right right so we got to hear what it sounded like there and we played our set another three times jesus and it's funny because i do all the same singing like when i do the growls and stuff like i do all of that during this but one thing i was gonna say like earlier we were talking about almost passing out I was surprised at the difference between practice and playing a show. Cause like I can, you know, I did the set three times, like, you know, just with no issues. <coughs> then you play different. it the next day and you're like, Oh, I'm about to pass out right now. Yeah. yeah. It's so different. What the, the discombobulation, the lights, the heat, all the things like all and that. Seeing your friends like that for that, that especially that first whitewater show. Nerves. I was so scared to play oh, yeah. in front of my friends. Cause I had been building it up and building up all this hype oh, for sure. And telling everybody, Hey, this is my band. And they were doing this and, you know, and trying to convince people we were going to be cool. And then those people showed up trying to see, well, are they cool? <laughs> right. And, right. And yeah. then, you know, but it paid off because all these people were like, Hey, you all your, what somebody, my friend Jules was like, Hey, all your hard work is very clearly paid off. Right. And that meant so much to me. You right. Know? Yeah. Absolutely. To, to know that like the work that I'm doing and really this whole little rock thing, dude, like, it, this whole year has been so validating just because not only did I find my people, I found people like you, I found people like Robert, I found people that love the things that I love, you know? Oh, and yeah. that's been so special because I didn't have that at home. I didn't have anybody. I couldn't, like, if I started talking to Robert right now about the band Nazem, he would know exactly what I'm talking about. M- most people don't listen to that stuff, like where I'm from. So sure. it, it was, it's been really getting to be around my people. Right. You know, it's so yeah. special. Like, like Stan, like, I, you know, I love Stan. I think he's so cool. And, like, Evan and, like, the, the Termination Morbid Visions dudes, like, what they're doing is, like, mm-hmm. is so special, you know, because they're, like, like with Bitterfest, you know, they're bringing all these cool bands and stuff. And, like, I find, like, that thing with Sugarbog show that they had, like, what I called uh, affectionately, I call it Death Metal WrestleMania. <laughs> that was, to me, that was, like, <laughs> Maryland one. Death Fest for me, you know. <clears throat> it reminded me of, like, being in Maryland Death Fest, and that is one of my favorites. It's my happy place, and, you know, being in environments where I'm overstimulated, but it's also rewarding because it's, like, oh uh, yeah, you know. Well, you come into a place, too, where there used to – be a thing and then there wasn't a thing and now there is a thing and those guys too myself like a bunch of people been around for so long and now they're all out there making moves doing stuff bringing things in trying new ideas their bands are getting bigger because they've been around for so long and they've made the moves necessary to like you know get like, to those go points. for gold like that That's was crazy. a band i had never heard of go for gold before until i moved here and then uh sam when i was working for heavy hits which like i had fun getting to do those heavy hits interviews and yeah, i think yeah. that sort of is how i built my name because i got to talk those to nice, people, like, like parking you. lot interviews yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. and like and because gavin yeah i mentioned uh in the gara and stuff gavin was the one that was filming a lot of that stuff for yep. us um so yeah so like basically uh getting to do all that i got to make a lot of friends and and, and it um Spencer from Go for Gold, like I wrote, I just wrote something about his thing, and he commented on Facebook, like, "Who's this Brandon Ringo? I want to give him a shirt." And I was like, <sighs> "And so, because uh, my five favorite little rock bands: Go for Gold, Tiny Towns, Morbid Visions, Second Life, and 
the rest of it's kind of a toss up. Sure. But like those those are the bands that have become most important. And I had just I hadn't heard of any of those bands until I moved here. But now that I've been here and experienced them, you know, they're all different and unique and fun. Different, in their own way. unique. They all go hard in the paint. You know, that's what's wild about here too. This ever the uh, couple shows I've played last past few actually were the uh, the Toy Drive show. Who was the Faustian? I've said it a couple times. Dude, they were like <coughs> they were like, is it y'all are the energy level here is insane. I was like, this is every. I was like, this is every time. This is kind of just like our thing here. Yeah. They told us that was the was, best night yeah. of their entire tour. I believe it. I believe yeah. it. I mean, that night one, that night was just fucking special and cool. Yeah. And everyone there was just having a great time. And dude, 100% without coming off the heels of a big fest, that would have been a sellout for sure. Oh, yeah. Like the amount of people that showed up. I was so impressed like, and happy and grateful. On a Sunday. Like, the amount of people. Like, yeah, after banging in the rock. Because, like, a lot, I know a lot of people were sore and they were hurting. It was just so and much, And they still dude. came out. And, and that's why I love this fucking town so much, dude. Because people would care. You know, people, like. Oh, people would. Even the people that don't, people. even the people that like, yeah, like, uh, like my friend Zach's mom brought a bunch of toys and stuff. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. like, and Faustian brought a bunch of toys. That was such a beautiful experience. Well, and we ended up, it was over $2,000 worth of toys. That's and then $180 at the door, which meant they were taking <coughs> $10 donations. Of yeah. Dollar. Yeah. So they told me that like between the beginning of it and the end, there was possibly like 200 people there. It was a, it was definitely a revolving door night. Yeah. So like, you got to think like there was like a 50 constant, but it was always different people. Yeah. You don't, you'd be like, Oh, Hey, yeah, you're here. Oh shit. But you never really played in front of more people. It was kind of the same size crowd all night. It was like, it's like a revolving door night, man. People were tired, bro. And that weekend was insane. And they're just coming in, like making a thing. Here's the toy, because dude, the table was fucking. Pat <laughs> was amazing. Dude, getting to take those toys to the Arkansas Children's Hospital. You got Hospital. to go. Yeah, I got to work, go with Robert to take them, and Evan was with us, and it was so. It was a very surreal moment. Sure. It was very surreal. It was very because I'd never seen the Children's Hospital, and like I, but I drive by it every day after work, and. Knowing what I've like, I've learned a lot about that that building and stuff, uh, and I have a lot more respect and reverence for it. Um, and so to know that we're doing something to make a difference, you know, like there's this Ken Mode song. It's like, when's the last time you did something that mattered? And uh, I think for me that that felt like something that matters. You oh, know it what matters mean? for sure. Oh, dude, I cried all about it on uh, the one of the Patreon episodes. It hit me like a ton of bricks. I was just like, oh my god, it just. Fuck. It's, and it's not about, you know, doing it for the, uh, like, I want to be acknowledged for doing something nice. It's just like, you do the toy drive, and then you, like, it's kind of neat to see the payoff. Like, when y'all, sh who posted the photo, like, outside of the thing with, like, all the big bags and shit? Like, that was sick. I was like, damn, dude. Yeah. That is so much stuff. And from seemingly not a lot of people, but it was a lot of people, apparently. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a it was a great crowd. Like I, uh, I was. I'm always kind of shocked at how many people. Like, like it's always interesting. Like I've, since I've come back, since I've come here, because see, when I would originally come here, Venus shows were always mega packed. But then again, I was coming for bands like Living Sight. It was a uh, like, you're coming uh, for Living the bigger Sa events. Yeah, 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 like you know, you're coming for. Of course, it'll be sold after Land of God. Yeah. Um, like, uh, but Which that was quite some time ago, man. You were God, here for a while, dude. That and that was like. No, that wasn't my 
Maybe that was my first show here. If that wasn't my first show here, it was uh, like Under Oath, I think. Me and some friends came up. And it's only like a three-hour drive, so we would just say, fuck it. And then I would come to Little Rock for vacations, you know, because like I've seen, like I would, especially like I would go to Altail, Verizon, Simmons Bank, you Mm -hmm. know, whatever.com arena. (laughs) Like um, I've seen like Steely Dan there. I've seen Metallica there twice. Sure. Like so I would. One piece of advice I would give anybody that's talking about wanting to move is go somewhere that you would go for vacation because it's getting to drive. When I lived in North Little Rock, now I live in Cabot, which I'm not going to talk about Cabot. But when I lived in North Little Rock and I drove by, it was so surreal for me every day to drive past the place where I saw Metallica and go to work. Like, was so. I don't, and I know that may sound weird, but like, I'm like, every time I drive by there, I'm like, I watch, you know, my favorite bands in the world here, like Steely Dan and Metallica specifically. Right. Um, uh, I was at those shows. We've been in a lot of the same shows, dude. I can imagine we have. That's so cool. Even those early ones you're talking about, like, there's no way I wasn't in the room. We probably walked by each other a thousand Dude, times. There's a guy that we met him that I saw in Memphis last night. Okay, so I had met him when we, uh, when uh, Severe Headwind played with Obituary at Growlers mm-hmm. in November. Me and Robert went to go hang out, and like we knew we were going to be playing in Memphis, so we like we we just made our own flyers. The promoter was like. You want to make your own flyers? We're like, yeah, please, can we? Just to so people know we're coming. I handed That's one a to foreign this dude. concept to them. I met a dude. Well, I think it's just specifically because we were coming from out of town and we we're like, it was very, you know, fair, fair, very fair, fair. zealous okay. about like, yeah, we want to promote this shit. So I met this guy who was also at Maryland Death Fest the year that I was, and I'm pretty sure I was standing close to him based on the way the description of how his experience and uh so you know to be all the way in Baltimore Maryland and then me being from Louisiana and then I meet him in Memphis Tennessee and I I gave him a a flyer he came to our show last night wearing a Memphis he was wearing a Memphis Grizzlies 3-6 Mafia uh tribute hat and he pre-ordered one of our records and he came because I gave him a flyer at the obituary show that's why I do this shit, Corey. That's awesome, dude. That's why I do this because those moments, <clears throat> those experiences are so special to me. You know, so sick. It's so much fun. It's it's crazy to hear you describe Little Rock that way too, because it's to, for us, it's just like home. It's like yeah, and like that's just where you go to do stuff. We didn't vacation here to see anything. And so now, like getting to and it, and it's it doesn't. It still feels it there. Not so much, maybe this. Well, now I guess even more so. It feels like a vacation because, like, you know, living cabin that thirty minute drive, like, like going getting to go to shows and stuff at Vino's, like on my off days. Right. It feels like you know, it feels. Well, yeah, because nice. it's two very different spots. You know, cabin uh, feels like an old town, been there a while, which it has. It's just yeah. bigger than it should be because it's underdeveloped. It, it's for me. It's not even the town. It's just the the distance. But I, it was one of those things where I needed, you know. To, I needed somewhere to live and it yeah. opened up and actually I think I started moving in there like in like September or whatever and, oh, so you just moved there and it's helped stay focused because instead of going out uh, so much and like stuff I've been having to really since since our Area 51 show a lot of weird things have been going on like my personal life or whatever sure so I had to do a lot of introspectiveness and so it's made the Man of Caravan thing even more important because I, I, I locked into it and I learned like, okay, I'm only going to get out of this what I put into it. And so I decided to put everything I had into it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and That's- like, so one thing I'm excited about is what we get to do this year. Like, cause we've, we've planned this like weird schedule. I, I want to talk about this before we like, before I forget. Sure. Go for it. So we're playing Shreveport in February. 
I have a special announcement. We're playing our, uh, so we're doing our, our album comes out February 25th. We are doing a show at Whitewater Tavern for our record release March 18th, and it's with Bongzilla and Deadbird. And I am, uh, like, Bongzilla is, is a band that, like, you know, I used to listen to all the time, and, like, they're st- iconic stoner metal band. Yes. Deadbird was a band I've been obsessed with since well before I even, like, uh, knew I was going to even have anything to do with this town. You know what I mean? Like, when I got into Wake and stuff, Deadbird was the next band I got into. So... To play with them is really cool. Oh, uh, yeah. It's it, to be acknowledged by them as their peers, you know, like because Chuck, at, he was at our Spirit Drift show and he just had such nice things. And for me, like to him just saying kind words, me just saying, like, hey, good job, you know, mm-hmm. it felt like a bomb in the chest. Like the fact that this dude who I respect so much is saying these nice things about us, that was very weird. To it's me. wild, isn't it? <laughs> it's wild when you become a part of the fold you admire. Yeah. yeah. And like, well, see, for me, the whole CT thing, getting to like, you know, have the fact that we're like getting to be friends with him and getting to like do shows and stuff mm-hmm. for him is really weird because like I used to listen to Wake like it's some really bad moments in my life and like I just needed heavy metal and I would listen to it and it just got me through a really tough time you know and it made me feel feelings and shit sure. like heavy metal yeah. that makes you like feel shit you know mm-hmm. and so getting to be friends with them and the one band that I haven't gotten to meet that I wish I could become friends with here is Living Sacrifice. They're around. They're I'm go- old. I'm hoping, I'm <laughs> hoping I can catch but I just want to talk to Rocky. I did an interview with Rocky actually one time because his band came to Monroe and I was like, I'm jumping on that shit. Sure. But yeah, so shout out Living Sacrifice. If you see this, please talk to me. Yeah. He's he's doing a little he's doing a little a lot of horror stuff now, Rocky. Yeah, isn't that know? neat? Those movies are awesome. They are very cool. I want to have him on. He said yes, but that was pre-pandemic. And like we had it all set up and everything, and then it just fucking went. Choo, see ya, bitch. Yeah, I think uh, a mammoth caravan living sacrifice show. I would probably. I, watch that shit. I, mean, I would I'm a probably huge fan of living sacrifice. So I would probably cry a lot because they're, they're one of the first bands I found. So, I've told the story before, but like I went to high school with his nephew, and really? we were best buddies playing in bands together. And he was like, "You gotta listen to this stuff, man." And fucking, it was from then on out. So for me, Living Sacrifice is interesting because my dad, okay, so this friend of mine brought, brought me some CDs. Uh, just, he lived up the road and he brought, it came at a weird time at night and knocked on the door and my dad was like really weirded out. And he gave me these CDs case and it had Master P and Lil Wayne and uh, DMX and like Limp Biscuit and all this stuff in it, right? Like yeah. all this edgy music. And my dad was like, no, uh-uh. absolutely not. He took all my like secular CDs away. He's like, you can only uh, listen to Christian music. And so, you was raising the so I was like, okay. okay, well, let's see if there's any Christian music that sounds like heavy metal. So I literally Boy, Googled, there. <laughs> I Googled Christian bands that sound like Metallica and Living Sacrifice was the first one. Especially and, then. And then I listened to the, but see, I made a mistake. I listened to the stuff that sounded like Slayer and Obituary, but I did never listen to Slayer or Obituary, so I didn't get it yet. And so I'm like, what the fuck is this? But then I heard the hammering process and then it's like, yeah, you know, and yeah. so then, then that led me to discovering like Zayo and Project Eighty Six, oh, and um, and then eventually my dad came around. And he like heard listen to Lincoln Park, and he was like, "Wait, this is cool." And he's, you know what? You can have your CDs back. Did you ever did you ever see Zayo? 
Live? Yeah, I saw him in Little Rock. Actually, okay. it was. Uh, I was definitely there. It was the. <laughs> I never missed a Zayo show. What was it? The 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 funeral of God. It was. Oh, they mm-hmm. did the ferret tour with them and Misery Signals. Yeah. And um, I think it was. Man, I don't know. Maybe no. I saw that tour in Shreveport. My bad. Did uh, did they play here with Dillinger? I think it may have been Zayo and Dillinger. So many fucking times. The one I'm thinking of, like one in Vino, is around the time of the funeral. Always God, Vino's, it was them and Dillinger. Always, yeah. God, that, like they did, uh, I got to talk to uh, uh, Dan, like at the at the mm-hmm. at, I was standing at the bar. It was so weird, you know. Dude, they they were unbelievable. Their live show was unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, so awesome. They're so fucking, special. They would know? do that back in black cover. Did you ever see them do that? No. <laughs> <laughs> You've never seen kids go just ape shit to A C D C Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. They were fu- oh man. They were something special. Huh. I don't know what it's like now. I haven't seen them since they've been like back. Like they're well, sorta back. Their back. newest like their newest records are really cool. It's um, good. I like it. It's Zayo. Yeah, it's Zayo. You know what I mean? It's heavy as shit. Like at this point, there's really not much you can expect from them. Right, right. You know, just be heavy. It's kind of one of those things where they've made it all the early stuff and now they're just kind of making records still. Like I would like to see them live now as like older dudes. Man, I would like to hear him play. Like, I want to. I wish I could go back. I feel like I. You ever go to watch a band and you feel like you didn't pay close enough attention to them, and then you're like, I got to see him again. That's how I feel. I wish I could go back in time to see Zayo play like the funeral of God again. Like, I feel like I would be hate moshing. Like 2023, Brandon, back like <laughs> like I would be hate moshing to the funeral of God three two thousand four. <laughs> <laughs> just pulling people apart. Yeah. One hundred percent, dude. Just fucking, just grabbing people, palming them by the head, eating them like snacks. <laughs> just backbreakers. Issuing RKOs in the pit. Dan just up there like ah. Tiffany. Yeah. Stone Cold Stunner. Dude, that song Five Year Winter. That shit went off so hard. Put it down and walk away. That I mean, people would. I've seen the wildest pits in Venos to that. When it comes, and you know it's coming, and they always did it last for like the most part here. You know it's coming, and then they do the little shinchin, and just everything in the room starts moving as if you're in like the room just started vibrating. Well, like, see, and that's fuck. how it felt when y'all played, uh, when y'all played Memphis would be laid to waste at the toy drive show. Oh, that's that how it still hurts. Yeah. Like, like that, uh, man, I'm telling you, like I knew we'd have fun doing it, but that, was, that vibe was like, it got a little scary. I'm not, you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's fucking funny, dude. I took every precaution. Cause I knew I was like, things could pop off at the end here. Let me push this all the way up against the wall. Like, let me take every precaution. <laughs> and you know what? I went back and watched it. What's really good is it's right at the slowdown. It just goes. It's <laughs> like, motherfucker. <laughs> I feel like uh, I, I really want to see Norma Jean again. That's a band that I, I saw him one time. And it was at some cool like festival or whatever. I want to see... Norma Jean again in Little Rock. That's why I was I was really looking forward to the one that they're supposed to play because like this is good luck, man. It's hard to get them here. They're so awesome. from here. These are so cool. It's uh, it's weird that they don't play here more. But you well, know. it's weird that Paul Perry doesn't play here. Uh, no, if it's neither to Sacrifice or any of those other bands. It's like, but 
my goal so the one thing and i'm saying this for whoever to see here i want to play a show even if it's me just playing one man acoustic music i want to play a show with paul bear so bad that's like my one now like based on our plans for like nation that's like the one thing i want the most is i want to play i want to play at the hall and i want to play with paul bear because i remember when it was like i love how goals start like smaller you're like i just want to play in this room and you play in that room and you're like hmm that was pretty cool what's what can next? i do next yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. What? six months ago we were like our goal is just, can we just have a friend ask us to play a show that's it yeah, i want to play mark's to be, basement i mean we just would take anything you know what i mean like we played that area 51 show it was so much fun like uh we just did it because it was like well yeah yeah i mean we might as well you kind of just taking what you can get in the beginning too you're just like fuck it yeah it's a show do it and now I think so. The one thing that I think we learned is, like, okay, after getting back from Memphis, like, there's no way. I feel like if we were had to go to New Orleans the next day, had to go to like wherever, like, I feel like I would be a wreck if I had to go like do like long tours. So getting to go like you know, be in Little Rock and then you drive like three, four hours, two, three hours or whatever, play a show and then you come back home is weekends, man. Really Weekend nice for the top top notch. Especially I mean, like, and I think that's what a lot of bands are sort of aspiring to, like, is sort of be able to get to that point, which is, you know, and it's cool. I think you're seeing even bigger bands do it, man. That's why they're only playing festivals. Like, that's the that's our version of weekend runs yeah. on the, at their level. You know, they're like, fuck it, man. I made a hundred grand in one day, and yeah. all I had to do was show up. You get to play to an ocean of people, and then fucking, yeah, and, and hang then out fucking hang friends. out for the rest of the year. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah, like, of course. But same thing with here. It's like one, two, you know. Little Rock, Memphis, home. Little Rock, fuck it, or Fayetteville, Tulsa, home. You know, keeping just that that little circle, and then eventually you build enough, then you can go Tulsa, Oklahoma City. You don't even have to touch Arkansas. Then you know, then Memphis, Nashville. You know, mm. and you just keep building the circle out, and it's still only a weekend, but you just keep. Yeah. And that's what I really want to do is be able to just to be able to go play in other places and like become kind of like a band that's known like around like you know the region would be really cool like like to be able to play shows in Texas. Well, what's like a doom region? Is I feel like Dallas. Uh, so for me, the doom capital of like in the one place that like I America. really want to play doom metal is New Orleans because really, hey God, crowbar, acid bath, uh, fucking, fair enough. You know what I mean? Corrosion and conformity, like those bands uh, to me are all really special. Like down, it's ironic to me that being from Louisiana, I've seen down twice and both times were in Little Rock. <laughs> I I worked one of them. <laughs> Which one? The. The one where it was it was actually pretty lame. I, I don't know how it looked from your perspective, but from our perspective, he was being a major fucking what, dick. Like, what venue is it? The Village. That was the one I was at. Dude, I had so much fun at that Good, show. I'm glad you did. Well, see, at Phil and Selma, like, I got a pick from Kirk, and I got one from Rex, and Phil shook my hand. God, that was fucking good. awesome. Good, good, good. Because for on our end, it was a fucking nightmare. Well, well because so he was worried about end, getting what do you murdered. Mean? He was worried about getting killed. Why? But because he had death threats on it, everyone blamed him for Pantera and dying and all that stuff. Really? Oh yeah. How did I not know about this? So did you not notice whenever he would turn around, someone would be in front of him? I mean, yeah. That was on purpose. That's fucking weird. Yeah. You know some. And we had to deal with that behind you know behind the scenes. Wait, so you worked at the village? Oh, the whole time. (sighs) I I missed the opening show, and I was at the very second show, which was Radio Rebellion, was like Norma Jean and all that. And then I worked until we so closed the doors. So did you work the Queens of the Stone Age? 
I was out of town. Oh man, that was one of my. I missed like five shows, dude, and five of the biggest shows are the ones I missed. Dude, Queens was fucking incredible. Like a Treyu, I missed that. I was at my wife's mom's funeral. A Treyu played at the Village. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, During the Queens of Stone Age show, some dude got on stage and. I don't remember exactly what they did. I think he just patted Josh Homme on the back, and I think Josh was so pissed. He kicked the dude in the ass and like shoved him towards the security guard or whatever. Fuck Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah, fuck Queens of the Stone Age. But like, is that a new band? Yeah, yeah. fuck Queens yeah. of the Stone Age. Fuck Queens of the Stone Age. <laughs> um, hey, don't fuck around. It might be. <laughs> well, and I wanted to interview the dude, and then he kicked a fucking photographer's camera, and it's like, you know what? Never mind. Kicked in the face. Oh shit! Unnecessary. That was like unnecessary. And like, even like my <sighs> editor was like, I I mentioned it. They're like, yeah, I don't I'm like, yeah, I don't want either. <laughs> uh, I've got plenty of those stories, dude. Peeking behind the curtains, a real motherfucker. It is. Yeah. It's so weird because you learn who's who and what's what and how they actually are, and it's like, oh fuck, so many of these people are trash. <laughs> yeah. But it's not surprising. But also, like, their job stinks. Like, that job stinks. Yeah. Like, to be that famous is not always <laughs> shits and giggles. It's overwhelming, dude. It's like, overwhelming. I can't even, like, take it when, like, four people are telling me good job after a Vina show. He gets, like, even a bit much. I'm right. Like, and you're you. Thank you so yeah, much. Thank you so Thank you so much. But, like, I, I don't know what else to say. Like, because, you know. So yeah, to be to be, I just I just started going like to be that famous where like everybody knows who you are. I think it would give me aneurysm. Oh for sure. Well, it's gonna make you different, man. There's no way it doesn't. Even before like the internet and shit, when they were just come, that has to be unbelievable. When constant bombardment. That's why a lot of these guys they just hire someone to do it. I don't blame them at all. They're like, yeah, you're not talking to a real person. I was like, fuck. Imagine if you were. They'd fucking hang themselves from the goddamn ceiling fan, man. Like, there's no way you want to just be this all fuck. Like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, you know, sometimes you get it. You're like, man, fucking, I would hate, you know, like, as cool as it would be, it would uh, equal parts awesome to like, wow, this is shit. Um, I, uh. My aspiration to fame is to it kind of changed as far as what I wanted. I talked to Nate Garrett at that Spiritual show, and he told me the sweetest advice. He's like, "Because I, I said at your level, you know, what does it feel like? What, what, you know, like is it weird?" He's like, "Dude, the thing I learned is you have to be grateful for everything you have. Sure. Like, so he's <coughs> like, you can't worry about what you don't have. So like." You, you can't worry about what well, we don't have this. We don't, you know, like like you didn't get in this magazine. You why didn't, didn't we do, get to play this? Fest? Why didn't we get uh, this yeah. show? Like why does this band get to play the show and we don't? And we all that get an offer. Nate, um, sort of was. I learned instead of worrying about those things, be grateful. You know, what I mean? be grateful yeah. that this dude in Memphis took a chance on us on a fucking doom band he's never heard of and let us come play. And um, he was so. His name is Josh Denner. He's such a cool dude. What a great weekend for y'all. Yeah. Metal injection and the high tone, like. The, the same, like, literally. Sick. We'll see. the fur And another fun thing, another experience is when we shot, as we were shooting that video, literally. Oh, in the video, yeah, fuck. As we were doing that video, uh, we were, Frostbite uh, had just gotten, we released that single. Because yep. I dropped it on my birthday. And then our PR people, they put it out a couple, like, three days later, they sent out a press blast for it, telling people, hey, this thing is on. And um, so... Uh, it was it's it was cool as we're doing this one thing other things are happening as we're coming home from memphis that we realized oh wait we were in metal injection three days ago and we didn't fucking know about it 
<laughs> the internet's fucking wild, dude. And it's just, you know, all those things. And so all I care about with this, I'm just going to try to have as many of those insane moments yeah. as possible yeah, yeah. and just love them and cherish them as much as I the can. The moments is the best part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that 100%. Like, life man. sucks once you go back. Like, okay, so, like, this has been a great weekend. I have to go back to my regular, like, work life. Oh, you know, sure. work schedule next week. Like, Bro, I'm, I'm dreading I'm having... tomorrow to go do, like, the worst job ever. Right. So, I don't like, want to fucking do that. So, that's when it's one of those things, you know, you, I was talking to Robert about the things that you can take with you. And it's, you can take those cool moments, those fun, you know, getting to, you know, just getting kind words from people that have no reason to give you kind words, you know, mm-hmm. is special to me. So, um, and so uh, it's part of the Mammoth Caravan thing. So we're doing the Bongs Little Show. Then we get to go play a festival in uh, in Missouri in uh, Cape Girardeau. It's going to be really oh, cool. Missouri. It's like Missouri's a, like low-key fucking rad, dude. I've never even been to Missouri. It's just it's chill it, as fuck. Really? The whole thing. The whole, I, every time I've ever been there, I've never had a bad experience in Missouri. Ever. Really? Yeah. It's See, I've great. heard like some bands have weird experiences there. Um, we played two shows and both were awesome, but both were like one of the towns we played in, the fucking street was cobblestone. Oh wow! It was that goddamn old, and we slept in the venue that night because the venue owner was that rad. We played oh, wow. on a fucking strip, where at the end of the strip it was old school, like, like nineteen fifties. The movie theater was the end of the road. Wow! Everyone in town would just walk to the end of the road to go to the movie. Like the marquee was still one of those big vertical, you know, hey look at me marquees. Uh-huh. And and like we woke up the next morning and there was a fucking. Wizard of Oz parade. And by Wizard of Oz parade, I mean the big orange fucking tractor had the word Wizard of Oz written on it and a few children in garb, like Halloween costumes. That sounds horrifying. No, it was actually really cool. I was outside smoking and I just heard this music. I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) You know? And and, and you just see it and I see... So when we came out, it looked like the road was under construction because we parked in the alleyway out back. So I never saw the front. Right. So we're <laughs> like, I'm outside and I'm just like, I'm so just fuck. It's like the last two days of tour. So I'm so burned out and I'm just like, what in the fuck? And I look down to my left and I see, you know how, when they do like culvert work, they'll put that orange net up and it's like a square. <clears throat> I saw that, but the inside of that was a PA system and not like work equipment. I was like, what the fuck is happening? And then I hear shit start. And then from around this building, like down the road, this fucking tractor comes creeping around the thing and people are just kind of outside. And I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? And then it starts and they're just throwing candy and shit. And I reach down and grab a Tootsie Roll. <laughs> and, I, and my bass player comes out. He goes, "What the fuck?" I was like, "Apparently, there's a parade going on, man." <laughs> that sounds so exciting. It like was that, so like, random. That is so cool, and that—that's the type of stuff I think that this Kennett, Missouri. Kennett, wait, Kennett, Missouri. Where's that at? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. The GPS died, and we guessed our way there, man. We got like really, yeah, yeah. We Dude. we had a map, like a physical map, but we had we map were quest. oh no 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 Shout we had map quest like the GPS, but it was one of those big fucking things, and if you lost the signal, it was just you're just out here now. Fucking oh. see ya. There was no download options at the time. Missouri and, literally on the border of Arkansas. Oh wow yeah yeah, and so it's like northeast. It was like just this random. We drove through cornfields and shit. Cause we were coming up, so we went in like a circle, 
You know, we went down to Austin and came around and went through Mississippi up into Tennessee and then from Tennessee, like over and down. That was kind of like the legs, like joop, 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 joop. It was very strange pattern, but that was the last two was in Kennett. And then the last place, I don't even remember what the name of the town was, but the venue was called the Zoe. And they had like the whole thing was made out of shag carpeting. It was the weirdest <laughs> thing. It's not there anymore, I don't think, but it was fun. <laughs> But all that was in Missouri, and it was fun as shit. And uh, so ours is taking – it's not actually taking place – from what I can recall, at a real venue, I think it's like a pop-up thing. Yeah. And so I'm really like a, excited. Like a trailer we're bed. To, supposed to be there with, the, like, the man Fister and um, Slurfer Sleuthfoot from Mark from uh, Jonesboro. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to be really cool. And then we get to go to Houston, which is terrifying because that's the – of all of everything we've scheduled – the Houston's going to be our longest. It's we're playing this festival down there at the beginning of May, um, at this cool place called the Black Magic Social Club. They have fucking skulls on the wall, like these really cool looking skulls, like look like they're popping out of the wall. And they have like this big Where's red. That? It's in Houston, and it's like a hundred and fifty cap club, and like Sick. we're going to be playing a festival there. And uh, and I'm really excited about it because like there's a lot of cool doom bands and stuff. And um, I feel like y'all are going to hit that algorithm, like that live show algorithm, and y'all are just going to be popping in festivals like all like soon. It's already happening, clearly, but I uh, will. And, and you know, it's coming. For, it's taking a lot of work. There's, but see, one thing that's really odd to me is like, is I keep seeing these festivals, like, and I'm like, damn, I wish I could play that. Damn, I wish I could play that. <laughs> I, my goal is to get to the point where people are asking us, like, hey, yeah. can you guys? Would you guys like to come? I don't even know if it's realistic to expect that, but I would love to like get to just be at a point where we work normal jobs and then we get asked to go play. Like, at least a handful. Like, it happens. Like, there's just one happening in Arizona, Corey, I want to do it so bad. And I probably could pull it off if I really tried. When is it? It's the week before our record release. Do <laughs> so it. So it wouldn't be feasible. But it's called Planet Mammoth Festival. It's like, it's got all these cool, I mean, like, doom bands. I mean. But it's, it's like in Phoenix and it's. Phoenix is I, rad, dude. I was just there. I, how far away is that? Though? It's, it's like fucking a, far. Right? It's yeah, like, it's a drive. See, because the. It's the one like thing, the one thing that we I bet it's deal 12 with, hours. one issue we have the most is like I only have so many days that I can take off. So, planning around that this year is tough. A nightmare. I, I could see that because y'all are doing a lot. Fucking nightmare, dude. But I mean, so but we have like, to be very, we have to be very. Uh, I'm hoping for just a little serendipitous things. A little hey, we're doing this thing. X plenty of time and out. You guys want to come do it? Yes, let's go. Kind of things, and then. Hopefully, when I get more time off in 2024. Just personal time off? Yes. Hopefully, okay, when I so get more days off, like we can do some real wild we'll just, stuff. We'll just break one of your toes, and you can take a medical day, but we got to do it that morning before y'all leave. Y'all book the show, get everything ready. I'm just going to have a lot of cases of explosive morning, Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just going to fucking feed you a fucking brick of uh, diluted <laughs> cheese filled with uh Balls, I can't come in. I could, I could poop through a screen door right now. <laughs> It sounds it sounds like piss coming from the back. I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> what the, the fuck? The, the, the risks you gotta take for heavy metal, bro. Yeah, how do you know you're from the south? You just said <laughs> shit through a screen door. <laughs> 
<laughs> what the fuck? Hey, we, were ta- we were talking about like, okay, so if we play this festival, <sighs> maybe he could use a sick day for this. And we were like, well, what would he say for about seeing a sick day? He'd be like, well, man, I, I ate some shit in Houston. And like, my stomach's all fucked up. I got food poisoning. Yeah. Yep. So like, you know, getting around it somehow. You got to make friends with a doctor, man. Can you get another drink, please? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Modelo time. Thank you. Modelo, I got uh, limonado time. Limonado time. No, we're out of Modelos. This is the last one. I think we're out of beer. No, we got three more. Got to go get some beer after this because we got another one of these to do. Hell yeah. Oh, a water drinker. Looks like those beers are for me. I'll be good and liquored up. Bottle. (laughs) We did it. Uh, uh, Who... Josh, yeah, Josh. Oh, and uh, Vino's God, Silent Planet. Uh, oh, what's his fucking name? Garrett. God, yeah, dang. Garrett. Water bottle man. Yeah, that dude was. That was a really cool episode, y'all did there. How did y'all do the setup? Like, maybe this is. It's literally this, mm-hmm. and we had just fucking this thing and the uh, like two handhelds with like some boom stands I have for like recording guitars and shit uh-huh. and that laptop. Really? We you just dude. brought it to Vinez and set it up on the back porch? Yeah. So what's crazy is he was sick as fuck. That man pneumonia. that literally had like double lung pneumonia and had just got diagnosed. And we were like, we set up for an hour and we were like, man, like it doesn't seem like he's probably gonna be able to do it because we had heard nothing. So we packed up everything, stood up, had everything in my bag, turned around and there he is. Oh, wow. And I was like, Fuck and Kurt's just like yep, and we do, like we're just not even talking, dude. We're just like oh yeah, no, well hey, we're gonna set up. Like Let's he had no this. idea we had just packed it all up. We we're just like acting like we just hadn't packed everything <laughs> up. No, 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 it's good, man. It only takes a second. Da-da-da-da. We're just mo- shucking and jiving, dude. Just pew-pew-pew-pew. sat down, did the whole thing, and it was fucking awesome. The only regret is I put gum in my mouth before we started <laughs> because we were leaving. I was just chewing gum because we were killing time, and I just didn't spit it out. So that's like the one thing yeah. that I was like, fuck. But once I noticed it, if you can go back and look too, though, once I noticed I was chewing gum, which is about halfway fucking through because I'm oblivious to shit, I would, you, could, you can see me start tucking it <laughs> in, my, in my lip. I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just so it'll disappear. Like, fuck, fucked up. God damn it. Like, you don't eat, you don't chew gum. And water bottles, plastic water bottles. Mm, yeah, I hate all of those noises. That's like the three podcast no nos. Like, and all of them happen on that one. Yeah, oh, like really? the vis- the visual aspect of it is fine, but this is an audio. For the most part, the bigger amount of views you get are still from the audio only. Mm-hmm. But so, like, as far as like in your ear, it's just like, oh, just like it sucks because you don't see it, so your brain doesn't. It doesn't register the same, especially like the crinkling and the sharp, the sharp pingy noises. They just hit your eardrum and you're like, God, I have this thing called misophonia. So like, what's, what is it? It's called misophonia. And we, miso, M I S O P H O N I A. Okay. And it's like a sensitivity to sounds. It, uh, it happens a lot when I get really anxious, but like, like for instance, if like Kurt was over there eating like a bag of fucking chips right now, like the crinkling of that bag and the crunching of the chips, I would want to put a screwdriver in my eyeballs because like that, it's just like, 
it, it sucks. Like listening to people eat is the worst. Oh, that fucking mastication, that fucking You're sound. Like that. No, no, I am not, and I refuse. to Mukbangs can any fuck of off. I, I'm not. I don't like that stuff. Like I, I might have whatever you just said. Oh, I hate that, that shit sound. is insane. How is anyone liking that? You want to hear me eat? I was raised like, shut your fucking mouth, man. Like, right, eat your exactly. food. Like, not my, everybody wants to listen to you eat this shit. My mom is the sweetest angel in the world, and she would lose her shit if I was smacking my food. Shout out your mom. Is she still with us? Yes, she okay, is. Good. She's an angel. I actually got to see her last. I got to see her last summer. I hadn't. She's seen She's still her. in Monroe. No, dude, she lives in Florida. Florida, uh, where? Uh, in what town called West Palm Beach? Okay, cool. So we moved. Like I moved there so with you her. Get Mammoth Caravan down in West Palm oh, Beach. God, is all I want to play down there. Play so the bad. fucking nursing home or something, dude. I want to play like I want to play Florida really bad. Um, it's hard to get in I've, Florida. It is. They got like damn. But see them like this this grindcore band we played with last night, Moisturizer. They played like three shows there. So I'm like, okay, <laughs> if a grindcore band from Rhode Island, like shout out Moisturizer, they're fucking amazing. Yeah, that's a great. That's but a fucking great okay. band name. I feel like. <laughs> If they can book a show there, like surely, like there's some dude. Well, because Torch and Floor is are both from South Florida, and John Judkins from Wake. Your Shout out recall John ability is unfucking real, dude. <laughs> I just need you. I need you to come on the crew and just be my fact checker guy. Like, no, yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. That was it. Was in 2005. It was here, and it's just all off the top of your brain. Well, that's see, crazy. All those, thing, all those things are important to me. All those oh, things sure. are important to me. You know what I mean? Like no, I do. geographical locations of bands, like for some reason that's always like because if some, if you were to say, Hey, you should check out this band called like Sonya or something, I'd be like, Oh, where are they from? Well, I don't know. What does it matter? I don't know. It matters. I need it to Salt Lake City, Utah. I need Who to know they're from Kennesaw, Georgia. Or <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> 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 oh. <laughs> no, <laughs> Wouldn't that be some shit? <laughs> I just made up a city name on the spot. I just didn't make it up as a real city, but yeah. Anyways. You're from Transylvania. Ypsilanti, Michigan. <laughs> Ypsilanti. From That's Ting Ting, town. Wisconsin. Oh, Ting Ting, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Poor little Ting Ting. Ting Ting, yeah. Poor little Ting Ting. Poor little Ting Ting. <laughs> Poor little Ting Ting. Bald Knob, Arkansas. God, what That's a, a real spot. Arkansas has so many weird city names. They all do, though. Like the small town. Like there's Wienerville, Texas. <laughs> like, Toad Suck. Like, Toad Suck. Oh, damn. T- shout out Toad Suck days. <laughs> <laughs> Just imagine... A bunch of dudes in boats, it, like the people who were naming all the shit as they were just walking through, like, man, we're out of names. He just looks down, there's a toad, like, sucking on a fucking beetle or something. Well, man, you think about it, like, the town is literally named because the dude was like, hey, look at this little rock. Oh, shit. Oh, it's you, a port. It, someone was like, damn, this motherfucker's spitting. <laughs> was pro- <laughs> I don't know why it's called Little Rock. I, I have no idea. It's called Le Petit Roche. It's like a marker, and this dude saw this rock like when he was discovering it. Okay, I only learned this recently. Um, down there at the riverfront, I'm sure the explanation is right down there on one of those yeah, plaques. Yeah, he yeah. just he discovered. He's like, hey, this is a cool rock. I'm gonna yeah. call this little rock, and like this is how we're gonna know it what turn into a port. Is. Yeah, turn into. That's how like all big cities on rivers. They're just port towns, and then they just weren't. Then they're just big cities. Yeah, that's why they're all near big ass rivers and shit. Yeah. I love rivers. I think that's like uh, <coughs> you an outdoorsy guy, kind of. Sort of. I mean, you I'm, from Monroe. There's got to be some fat outdoorsy and sweaty. shit. Like same. so, I like if I I have yet to been able to even. I went to Pinnacle Mountain, and all I did is sit in the parking lot and listen to old school death metal and just sort of soak it in. I still haven't gone up it yet, but I would like to. I love do, hiking. I do love the front side first. That backside's a real bitch. Just <laughs> sheer rock faces and shit. 
Yeah, that sounds yeah, terrifying. It's not a good first one. You don't want to do that one first. I uh, I do like the outdoors. I I like uh, there was this park called Corolli Park in West Monroe, and I would go there, walk there like once a day, and I would just listen to music and like meditate and just you know sort of get my head in the game. Sure. And then I'd go out that night and go scream at people at karaoke. You know, it puts me in like the weird. I like that uh, that that the the calm before the stormy kind of thing. You know, sure, and, and like being in nature. It's cool. And, and, like, with Arkansas, like, there's a lot of – it's it's just so beautiful. Like, even, like, random, like, places. Like, even in Cabot, like, there's just some truly gorgeous spots. Yeah, like, absolutely. there's a duck it's pond like there. It's just, Dude, even in downtown Little Rock, there's, like, just nature spots. You just crawl yeah. up in there. You're like, holy fuck, it's a little forest in here. This is crazy. Yeah. It is wild. It's so beautiful. I like that. Uh, and, you know, I like that it's it, it's – it feels like a big city. But it also kind of feels like you're in the country. Yeah. Because, like, you know, you, you're sitting there here, like, seeing the skyscrapers, and you hear some guy, like, but that's you like, know, talking like pure cornbread on the fucking uh, phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally cornbread in his veins, this man. <laughs> gravy veins. Oh, gravy veins. And, and But it's that way across the whole – it's like we had a set designer come in and go, this state's going to be like this. Because even in Fayetteville, dude, just be like – you just be in this town, and then just boom, you're just in. There's just some woods nearby. I've only been to Fayetteville one time, and it was fun as shit. to see. Uh, I went to saw Sonic Youth there. Me and my friend Paul Sonic like Youth. God damn, minutes. was that like a college show? Yeah, it was like this the Dixon Street Music Festival. It okay. was like it was a. Uh, Michael Franti and Spearhead. Hey, I worked with Michael Franti. Yo, that man's a saint. That He's is awesome. a wild ass dude, man. His live show is nuts. He what was it? All lamps. No, it was like a. It was just this big, like weird festival we, like, set up. Dude, when we did it, his whole entire light show was lamps. Really? The 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 village. Did you go? You went to the village, right? Yeah. You saw some shows there. Mm-hmm. That whole stage, the whole back of it, was just different lamps. They found at like antique stores and shit. That's awesome. It was brilliant, and That's they were so just cool. blinking off and on and shit, and they had it like set up to where they could, you know, like where they could like. Move them in waves and stuff. I have beef with Michael <clears throat> Fronti because they started that late, and so Sonic Youth had to cut a couple of songs out of their set. I was really mad because, like, I was really probably, obsessed with Sonic Youth. He's a he will just wander off. He probably legit was just missing. Probably, I, I almost bet money because he same shit happened where we were. He's like, oh yeah, man, I just caught a taxi and went and saw a movie, dude. And he's <laughs> like, he doesn't wear shoes and shit. He's like the nicest person, so you can't even be mad at right, him. Right, you can't like, even what the be fuck? mad. You're like, you're like, I am entertained right now, but I would rather be entertained <laughs> by Thurston Moore and his extremely loud guitar. Instead of, hey, you're going away. Right. Yeah. And, and do like, Sonic Youth, was so, it, was, it was worth it. It was so much fun. We didn't realize how that it was like a five-hour drive. So we drove, uh, wait, no, it's even, yeah, it's almost like a six-hour drive from, from Monroe, Monroe to Fayetteville. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because it's like three and a half or three or so to here. And then and another another, three. So, yeah. yeah. So we drove, we didn't even have a hotel. Finally, my dad was like, bro, so like you're driving back tonight? And I was like, yeah. He's like, mm, I don't know if I want you doing that. I'm going to yeah. get you a hotel. Then I, but see, this was before cell phone. Wait. It was before that I had like maps and shit on my phone. So then I had to like call the hotel and get this dude to tell me directions while I'm like frantically freaking out trying uh, to find this place because I'm, I'm tired. I'm ex- I mean I'm exhausted, like physically like exhausted for being out the heat. He drove six hours and then watched a whole show all day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was uh, that was an. I will always remember Fayetteville in the weirdest light because of that. 
You gotta, I wanna, go, you gotta go play a show there. I wanna go play a show there really bad. Y'all would do really well. Bro, there. you know where we need to play is Nomads because like we've got a song. Nomads, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I, for some reason we've had difficulty getting up there. Hopefully the Little Rock pipeline will You will. Get us That's lucky just kinda part. Yeah, you just play with a couple bands at the Gaylord Condemned show. Set that up. I would actually see that's the type of bands I would love to play with up there because uh, I want to. I now I know after last night, I want to play for people that want to move, you know what I mean? And people that that physical response, yeah, yeah, is yeah but that's cool. kind of like that's like per town. Some towns like to do fucking they were on one Norma Jean played a show where people they just made them lay down, they just laid down, what. Right, the Norma Jean show on tour, the last tour they went on, where the people just literally oh, just that was, uh, Islander. Islander, but was playing before Norma Jean, and they were oh, like, yeah. it was like the most low energy crowd ever. Really, and so they were like, let's just do something different. So they just got them, the whole crowd to just yeah, lay down. Robert, we should have our entire crowd sit Indian style on the uh, <laughs> the crowd, just sit down with their legs crossed and just watch us quietly. <laughs> <laughs> be like, we're gonna sit down too, and you just bring the mic down. Everyone's just sitting there, like Robert's the tallest person. Crisscross applesauce. Yeah, yeah. Crisscross yeah. applesauce. <laughs> Holy shit! Bring a pillow and a blanket to the Mammoth Caravan. <laughs> we're gonna put your ass to sleep. <laughs> we're gonna put your ass to sleep. <laughs> so- Jacob Murray comes your out. thoughts. Bro, Jacob Murray comes after me after that. We play the toy drive. He's like. Was that one long song? And I just kind of laughed because it's like, well, I mean, yeah, kind of. One of them is, right? One of them is like fucking 10 10 minutes minutes or some shit. Yeah. Was it the second song y'all played? One of y'all's song. The very last one. The very last one. Yeah. It's it's just a big old. But the whole whole thing is thematic. Yeah. Yep. Lame Johnny's the same way. That whole thing is thematic too. I like it. It's cool. Got a whole premise you can play off of, and it's easy to come up with content too when you're kind of forced into a box of like thought. Yep. Like, hmm, if I was a mammoth, a woolly mammoth, <laughs> what are some things I'd see and do? And then you just write to that or promote to that. And that's how we, because we talked about it, we're like, do we paint ourselves into a corner with a theme? And I think the resoundings probably, but who cares? Who cares? Yeah. Because <laughs> you can just make shit up. Dude, okay, well, now mammoths never went extinct, and now they're on spaceships. I we'll mean, see, we can get that ridiculous a, with it. Well, we've t- actually talked uh, about, and nobody better steal this, we actually talked about mammoth, like the thing of mammoth <laughs> in space. Like, like what it would it be like if a mammoth actually ended up like in you know, another galaxy? They did Jason in space? You know, well, you could you do know. interdimensional mammoths. Dead zombie murderers in zombie space. Mammoths, yeah, like, yeah. You know, Dude, a, zombie mammoths? Dude, zombie mammoths? See, that's a movie right because, there. Because, like, with this theme, Ice Cold Oblivion, the theme was ice, right? What we didn't realize is what's fun to write about and what's easy is to incorporate mammoths into stuff. Well, so, I think... Ice, I mean, you can do Because there's only... We'll see... That's the next record. There's pits. only so much you can do with the ice theme without ripping off Frozen heat. Soul. Like, Frozen Soul, like, they've got... Fair. Hell, even they've got I mean, a their light show is... Ice. All blue. Everything right. is blue. Yeah, yeah. Like so, you're playing inside of an ice cube. I'm scared Frozen Soul's going to sue us because I came up with the hook encased in ice. And I just... Did I, did I know there was a thing of theirs like in advance? Like maybe. But like I didn't... It was just... Yeah. Parallel thinking's a real thing. You hear a guitar play this riff and I just started singing encased in ice river. And yeah. then I realized, oh shit, that's like a thing Frozen Soul did. But like... Yeah, yeah. yeah, now they get those those booty shorts that say encased in ass. I'm like, Damn, <laughs> <laughs> we gotta do uh, we gotta do uh, Mammoth Caravan booty shorts. 
<laughs> it's pretty simple. Just that Tusky logo right down there on the front yeah. bit. We're gonna do. Uh, we're gonna get real kiss with our merchandise. We're gonna mammoth caravan coffins and shit. Go real Gene Simmons with it. <laughs> Ain't nobody ever been on Lunchbox. more shit than Kiss. Backpacks, mammoth caravan backpacks with just Robert's face on it. Uh, you want to do it real big, you do the little pouches everyone's carrying around now. Oh, yeah. Wait, what are these called? Like the fanny, little... packs? fanny you know, packs. fanny packs. Well, they're not fanny packs anymore because no one's wearing them like that. Fanny pack, the name is what, because, you know, you wear it on your fanny. But now it's like a side satchel. It's more yeah, of a satchel. It's it's more of a satchel than a, than a fanny pack. Like, it's a pack. It's smaller than what a satchel would be because a satchel, you think like a male... Like a male one, you know, with the flap, the whole big space. See, my thing is, I'm a, I'm a death metal guy, so like, I wear cargo shorts. So I've like got the extra, like all the y'all extra got all the y'all got shit. all the room for shit. See, I'm thinking about becoming one of these pouch people because <laughs> one of these kangaroo humans because <laughs> I got too much stuff in my fucking pockets now, man. There's too many things, wallets mm-hmm. and phones, receipts and, and like chains yes. and all that weird shit. It sounds like you need one of the new mammoth caravan ass sack. Yo, ass sack, <laughs> 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 some of that MMC. <laughs> ASs, bro. <laughs> Robert's gonna go home tonight, get on Amazon, and be like, "How much for ten ass pouch?" Bro, yeah, yeah, he's month, googling shit like, right so now. So you talk about, you talk about like this dude's been like the. It's it's been such a fun experience because he knows all about making merch. I have no idea about any of that shit. We well, are such a triple threat because you, you got like merch god king doer over here. Nope. You got dude who knows all about behind the scenes with like the like especially like, doing shit. the journalism things like that. And then you got Mister Mister never stops writing guitar riffs for yeah. his whole life. He literally never stops. Corey. He doesn't stop. No, he I know. Hey, he was in my hands to war before. Like I, I'm aware. Like this dude is always still sending us new riffs, and like it's it's all he does. I, I just want to shout out. Swift, I love him so much. He's such a Same. good dude. You know, it's such it's so nice. Uh, and one thing I didn't realize how popular Evan was here until, like, I would see random people, people I still don't couldn't even remember names, be like, oh yeah, man with caravan. I know you guys. I used to, I'm friends with Evan. Yep. And so that was always really. He's a fixture person. He's just everywhere and nowhere all at the same time. <laughs> and he's been in like so many fucking bands. And so, so many bands. It's cool, like. uh Getting to be with people that have that experience. Me coming with no, not as much experience as a musician, but I know how the business works. You know, I've been right. doing this for fucking ever. So, like, it's really been beneficial. And what's cool is, like, I guess for me, like, you know, when Robert trusts me, like, hey, yeah, I'll let, you know, book this show. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. He, try, he had to, because tr- with the PR thing, he had to trust me. He had to be, because like, I don't think he believed in it at first. But then, like, once we once we had the decibel thing, I think that's when Robert's like, oh, Maybe shit. Not, not believing it, but, you know, he can well, be weary. Because, it's, because a lot of bands don't, like, you know, when I moved here, a lot of bands from Little Rock, and this is not a criticism, it's just an observation, don't use a lot of press. They don't utilize the press. And right. so that was what I wanted to do because I have a background, and I love it, it's a passion, you know what I mean? So I think getting to utilize these, like, because sent our stuff all around the world, literally. Like, it, That's rad. Like, there's a quote I sent. Yeah, I feel like y'all do really here. good overseas. I think so I, I too. Like well, because doom metal, doom and sludge are so fucking popular overseas. Jesus Christ, we, especially like Russia. I feel like for some reason in Russia, y'all would Russia, just Sweden, unbelievable they, Germany. Like uh-huh. I was so stoked when they posted a, pre- a release of us in Germany because I'm like, these well, they love this shit there. So like, uh, yeah, they might still possibly have them. Like, that. and like I read a quote <laughs> is. Finland, Finland. Finland. There you go. That makes all the sense in the world. 
Finland's the home of like death metal and black metal, so the fact that well, they're just yeah. heavy in general, but also like y'all saw like ice theme mammoths, like that's where the mammoths were. They were you know in the cold environment, like it, it all fits. It, it makes sense that it would be popular as fuck yeah. there. It's I can imagine. And then the next most streamed place is Minneapolis. <laughs> also cold. Minneapolis could possibly have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely still had some mammoths. That is, it's weird that it's Minneapolis, Minnesota. I don't even fucking know anybody up there. <laughs> you don't have to. That's good. That's I, a great fucking thing. So cool. you know where y'all need to go? Minneapolis, fucking Minnesota. Because clearly your second place is Minneapolis. Shout out Minneapolis. There's Minnesota. where your fans Maybe are. we could get a show at the Mall of America. You can. You 100% can. They do shows there all the time. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah. Hey, yeah, I want to play in the spot where they did WCW Nitro there so I can be like, dude, we played at the place where Lex Luger appeared on Nitro. <laughs> I'm a big pro wrestling fan. That's why I was going to Memphis. It's fun. We got to see, we didn't get to go in it, unfortunately, but we got to see Jerry Lawler's barbecue shop. It's got all this cool merch and stuff in uh-huh. it. Or like cool like uh, memorabilia and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um. And the dude that promoted our show like works on this like TV show that's about wrestling. So that was like really. And over Christmas, I got to work with Mitch. Uh, we wrote a script for a movie that's like a wrestling movie. I don't know what's gonna happen with it, but I really, really, really want it to be a thing because it's called Blood Tornado Wrestling, and I like am really excited about <laughs> getting yeah, to unleash dude. that shit on people. Um. Yeah. It's cool. Is this Mitch Lang, the guy from Monroe? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Me and him still like work together because because we have such a good like kinship as like creators that even when I because I told him it's like when I move when you find a person you can riff off of that's so important in this. I told him even though I'm moving, we're not. This isn't done. It's just I'm I'm relocating. Different. I'm I'm learning and and I've learned so fucking. Now thanks to the pandemic, I mean really large part like getting to someone visually now is like just click this button you know we had facetime and shit but now it's like from any device ever. even like the the script writing software is designed specifically so that In me and time. him could edit it at the same time at the same i can time. be typing and he's yeah. typing like a scene below that was a really odd experience and like because that also happened fast as shit it was hey I'm writing this movie right now. Do you want to help? And I said, yes. Here's what scene I want you to write. And I would just take it. And, and it was these awkward conversations with the dude and his wife. And I'm like the master of awkward conversations. So getting to what write these. What was the name again? It's called Blood Tornado Wrestling. <laughs> That's not the official name. But, I'm, it but it's called the be. Blood Tornado Wrestling Federation. Okay. Cause, dude, because I was at work one day. I, I was the director for the news at this TV station. And so I had to sit. And I was just sitting there listening to the meteorologist talk. And I was trying to find songwriting inspiration. I was like, what can I write about tornadoes? I wonder if there's ever been a tornado with blood. And then it was just like, oh, Oh, shit. So then I asked my friend Brian Briggs. Shout out Brian Briggs. He goes, I was like, Brian, is it possible? He's like this meteorologist. Now he lives in Texas. But I was like, is it possible for like a blood tornado to be a thing? And he's like. If enough living creatures got inside of it, I guess. Yeah, actually yeah. it kind of is a thing. It could be. A, and I, that's all I needed. So then I was going to make it. A, like a Texas I was going to make it a song. Farm. I was going to make like the blood tornado concept be a song. And it's like, well, I'm going to do a wrestling podcast. And then. 
So I still have no idea what I'm going to do with that branding, but I know I have to do something with it. So now with this movie, I'm like, maybe that's what I'm supposed to do with it. That's what I hope anyway. Sounds insane. Have y'all finished the script? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, it's fucking brutal. (laughs) It's because it's about a guy who uh, does deathmatch wrestling, but Mm -hmm. it's taking a toll on his life and his family and all that stuff. I just saw my first one. I could see why. Oh my God, you were there, were you, right? No, I wasn't there, but I saw the videos of the dude getting stable, <sighs> dude, a pizza slice stable gun. I was him. right in front of me, right here. His head was right the fuck, like standing up. You just look down, there he is, and I just watched him clink a blue. fucking piece of pizza. I have the footage on my thing. I'll try to yeah. find it. That before was y'all, like, so much was unbelievable. I was like, hey, we'll say I saw that. I'm like, I thought that was really cool, and I'm sad I didn't get to make it to that. But uh, but it's yeah, that's, again. that's what I want to do. Is like the the I think um, I think it's fun to write about these incredibly brutal. Like there's this thing called a buckets of blood match in there where you have to like fill up to a line. Ugh. That was gross to read. I let Mitch write it, but it was so gross to read it. <laughs> um, good God, yeah. is that real? That's oh, not yeah. real, right? No, no, it's not a. It's not a real life I'll thing. Say this, this is something y'all came up with. I'll say this. There's some pretty awful people that could probably make it be a real I mean, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a There's concept a back, that I came up with. Shit going I just on. wrote out I wrote out every different match type I could come up with. There was one where like one of my favorite match types I created is having two wrestlers have to like paint a painting, but like they have to use the other person's blood to like as the ink to like make a painting. Like so, as like, he's down. So they not just only like, not so you have to like fight them incapacitate him then take the blood and then go paint something with it and like i yeah, i'm a weirdo it's incredibly fucked up <laughs> <laughs> i love I it a, i have a very uh interesting <clears throat> imagination wow man what a hell of a fucking two years you've had <laughs> it's been fucking nuts well, we've been talking this whole time about a two-year gap for the most part most yeah. of this podcast has been about the last two years yeah that's crazy it's, i don't even it's so overwhelming sometimes I can't even imagine. Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah. Or you have like a lady or a wife or a family. No. I don't know anything about um, you in that so regard. I, I did have a wife and then like, um, yeah. Sure. It, it, uh, we're still friends. It's, like, mm-hmm. it's cool. But that was sort of whenever we separated, sort of, I was like, okay, what do I really want to do in my life? Because sure. I could I could have just collapsed into a depressive pile and not done oh, anything. Yeah. But that's when there was these two dudes at work were like wanted to hang out with me and I had nobody that really had shown an interest in wanting to hang out with me, you know, and now I've got time. And so they, I went to karaoke with them and I started singing and I wanted to make them laugh. I was like, okay, if I'm going to sing for these dudes at this karaoke, like I want to make them laugh. So like, what do I want to do? I'll just do some screaming. It's sure. Fine. And yeah, I did a Metallica song, but I did it with like some extra gutturals and a little extra like oomph to Put it. some stank on it. <laughs> Put some stank on it. And I just wanted my friends to laugh, dude. I was so sad, so heartbroken. And not only did they like enjoy it, but then other people were telling me nice things. And really, that's what kickstarted this because I, that when people started saying nice things about my singing, I was like, oh, I need to do this more. Mm. You know, how about and like. That? And, uh, like, when we were on tour in Texas, I sort of, like, learned how to – I think I leveled up one night. Like, I was – it was the only time I've ever gotten drunk and played a show. I was just having a bad day. They had this drink at the bar called the uh, – shout out to the Aero Bar in Texarkana. Had this drink called the – something – liquid black Sabbath or something. I'm like, I'm going to drink this. And they gave us, like, all these coins. So I got fucked up. And I learned – I leveled <laughs> up. We played uh, – 
I leveled up that night playing and singing at the same time because I, I guess I finally was able to separate the whatever it is in your brain that oh, makes yeah. it hard to sing and move your hands yep. at the same time. And um, The limb independence is what they call it. Oh, limb independence? Uh-huh. Sounds like a cool band name. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so like, um, and I just... I just kind of it's it's all been a big learning process and stuff over these last two years and like but I've learned to pursue my own happiness and I'm not always happy you know what I mean it's it's a miserable life at some points but like it's I'm very enthusiastic and I always overemphasize the positives it's very depressing and like being here like it's very like it was very lonely in the beginning and that's why I had to seek out people to become friends with you know what I mean started adding people like I had added Kurt on Facebook I had no idea who he was I just saw people like Little Rock people going down the list going down those lists Matt Johnson Kurt and like I was adding all these people and then I went to my first Eyes Up house and got to meet those people and everybody was really nice to me you know and um and it was it was nice that these people like Jake it because it was specifically Jake Kurt and Matt like that night mm-hmm. were all very like welcome to Little Rock we're glad to have you here and like I felt part of something you know and that's the one thing I would like to mostly emphasize about Little Rock is everybody's just been so sweet everybody from Stan just to like all the way down you know in the music scene all the people that come to shows everybody's just so sweet right. and like you know it's so not only is it, easy to make friends here it's been so much fun you know what i mean man so that's really cool to hear man what a hell of a story and i don't as far as like mammoth caravan next year like this next year this year i don't know (laughs) i don't know what's gonna happen with this because this the the possibilities are quite literally endless at this point is the way we kind of see it um so we have to keep it very very focused and like and and we have to look at it very business like which to keep it i guess doing what it wants to do and what it's supposed to do right um so keep the focus and i I think it's all upward from here for sure oh yeah it's been nothing but upward since you started it 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 has it's been easy i mean it's not always easy but uh it's not supposed to be getting together going to showing up at robert's house and getting in the room with him and evan and playing heavy metal is super easy Sure. You know? And then like going well, and meeting up and playing at Vino's, playing at Whitewater, playing at Area Fifty One, mm-hmm. never again. It's easy, you know what I mean? Um like uh but everything between those parts is weird. That's difficult. all the weird parts, yeah. That's the difficult shit. But that's the you know it you know, like that's the part that you're just like, ah oh, fuck, I guess if we want it, we gotta do it. And you know. we're still learning. Like, one thing that Robert pointed out, I guess I didn't think about, is, like, when we play Vino's, we're so used to, like, okay, we got to get on and off super quick. The dudes in Memphis were like, how the fuck did y'all get all your stuff off stage that fast? Because, like, we're so used to playing Vino's. Now that come up to, behind us are screaming, to, get the fuck, fuck off, off the stage! stage. <laughs> the promoter literally came up to me and was just like, I cannot believe you guys got your gear off that no, nothing, nothing better than showing up and being professional as fuck just from your normal habits. Yeah, because we'll see Robert's beating this into me. Because, like, we had one moment at our first show. Robert's like, I need you to help me, like, tear this stuff down and get this off because I was just talking being stupid I didn't you know I just played my first she's like I need you to help me with this and it clicked and so now like like we've we've in you know with Evan it's clicked like we all just sort of now we we discuss it like before we even played I asked Robert okay so when we get done what are we doing 
And he told me, all right, we're taking our stuff and we're going to go put it in that room. So I automatically knew where I was taking my stuff. Yep. And so, and it's that, like, it's the same thing, you know, like. Preach. And so I see this as my heavy metal boot camp, you know what I mean? Oh, Getting absolutely. to learn and experience <clears throat> those things. And, you know, whatever happens going forward, <clears throat> now I know, like, oh, when you play a show, get your shit off stage as fast as possible. Every venue, the first thing I do when I walk in is get. Uh, of like a visual of all the things, the layout, where's it go, where's it come on at, where's it go off at. Yeah. It's all business, like the first hour set up, get everything, you know, exactly yeah. in line. That way, literally, it's just move a pedal board, put it on the ground, guitar's already tuned. All I gotta do is turn the fucking thing on and we're good. Yeah. The hardest thing you should do is like set up drums because, unless you're doing like a backline kit. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like those, those kind of, that shit's important. And I didn't like these are the things you never like as a as a show goer you never like think about and stuff. But <clears throat> now, that's why like, at festivals everyone's like thank the guys working because like those dudes are busting their ass to make sure there's only five minutes in between each band. And thank the uh, like thank the the backline like dude, like those fucking I feel so bad for those ampegs that uh bitter like fest like on. <laughs> just on the twelve whole time. fucking hours it's just hot as shit tired as fuck just running. <laughs> Motherfucker's been on since 1973 and just still crushing ass, dude. <laughs> Ampeg is. There's no doubt about it that them at the Orange Rocker Verb and the, like the Marshall JCM 800 900 series are like the the working horse. The the Sure SM58, mm-hmm. the you know the microphone of multiple generations, like endless. There's like. Those things can just be on and work, and just you never really have issues with them. And they sound so ever. And it's funny, like in a backline, like festival environment, like it's always fascinating to me how, like, literally all you have to do, it, it the, the the tonal difference is heads and like pedals and heads stuff. And pedals, yeah. And uh, like, because those are also things I never thought about until I started playing music. Like, and now it's like it's this whole new world is opened oh, yeah. up. It's so well in this right here. And this is the most important instrument. Yeah, this in the world. is where it comes that from. That right hand, it all comes from here. Because I could play a riff from a band with the guy sitting there on an amp and have the exact same settings, and then that guy play the riff, and it's going to come out different. I saw Eddie Van Halen and uh, and uh, Jerry Cantrell were talking about that. Like Jerry Cantrell said, I got to play Eddie Van Halen's thing. It just sounded like me playing through Eddie Van Halen's That's rig. Right. Then he played through mine, and it sounded like Eddie Van Halen playing through Allison Chains' rigs. That is insane to me you know what i mean like it's uh like that when they say like the tone comes from like the hands the person yeah it's weird i'm a firm believer in that like 90 percent of all the thing is just this thing right here it's doing all the work this one it's just the muscle memory like how and when and where so mm-hmm. like from here to here though like those the structure and how you're doing you gotta it, like, sync this up with the voice <laughs> oh yeah man so everything just, yeah that way would you call it limb independence limb independence yeah a real bitch especially in drumming because you don't just have here to here it's this one this one this one this one yeah. some some of us this one all at the same time all doing different shit yeah oh my god i didn't even constantly about, yeah i could never play drums do you did he tell you he <laughs> yes, started he, playing drums yeah. just for this band no, i'm like i could never <laughs> that's another crazy thing like y'all are all, the only seasoned one of you is evan <laughs> yeah it, it, it's, as far as these specific things yeah and like the only reason I even have any season on bass is just because like like what well, went on the closet that band. guitar and the bass, you know. Yeah. yeah. Like, well, uh, but this well, a weird moment is like 
the only time I, uh, sorry for my parents watching this, the only time I ever took like like shrooms was on tour, and this dude looked at me. This dude who is a very shout out, yeah, shout out takes our can. This dude looked at me and goes, Brandon, you're a phenomenal bass player, and I was like, I was gone at the time, but those Your words is a mountain, dude. <laughs> always picture his. He was in a band called Beaver. God, I love that dude. He looked at me and he's like, you're a phenomenal bass player, and I was like. What? Phenomenal bass but player. I'm just going, bah, 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 you know. Hey, and, uh, but but those words stuck. So when I like, I was like, well, when Robert said, well, what do you do when you want to play bass? And I was like, yeah, I do. Let's Absolutely. do. Absolutely. I got this badass five string. Do that bass that I What use? is your bass? What is that it's brand? Ibanez Geo. Okay. I got that fucker for ninety eight dollars at a pawn shop in Shout Monday, the fuck out, dude. And it <laughs> sounds <laughs> more than the bass. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds so good. Like there's certain like when I hit the twelfth fret on that top string. Yep. It just makes me feel things. I love it so much. That it's just a weird wood sound. It hits that sub-octave level, too. Yeah. You know, where you're getting all that low end poking through I mean, your we're body. We're only B. It's not like we're tuning down like double drop F or anything. You know, I mean, it's just B. It's just Where's the same tuning as Attack Attack? <laughs> it's just B. Just get some seven strings and fucking tune it down a whole step. You're good, bro. Well, see, but I had this, my first guitar. I didn't tension my friend Lucius, who actually, he was in Monroe. He, well, he's from Little Rock. Then he moved to Monroe. Then after I moved to Little Rock, he moved back to Little Rock. He uh, set up my guitar for me to be in B standard because mm -hmm. I saw that Entombed and Electric Wizard both played in B. So y'all are in B standard? I learned how to play drop basically in so B standard. Okay. And then, so yeah, so then so C drop B. Yeah. Okay. And so with these dudes, yeah, they were like, well, uh, yeah, we do the, the B, F sharp B and whatever else comes right. after it. And you're like, uh, those are words that exist. Sure. Oh, I'm just, I used to study music theory religiously. Oh, really? Like, as oh, I was me. learning uh, to play, I was religiously studying scales. I couldn't tell you anything about any of it. I could only name, <laughs> like, three scales. Thing. Aeolian, Mixolydian. If you ain't going, hey, that three to five, Phrygian. the one that went three to five, yo, that's tight. If you're like, that F sharp to C minor, if that's even a fucking thing, Still to this day, 25 years I've been doing this, dude. Like, you, I, what? Evan looks at me like, I'll be like, oh, so you're just going from the F sharp to the A, right? And he's like, uh, Which I guess? dot is that? <laughs> <laughs> the first the one or the second one? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but see, I think Robert knows more about music theory than any of us in this band. Well, but I've done a lot of studying, so I have a pretty good understanding. So when people talk to me about it, like uh, my friend Gavin, and, like in the band of McGowan, I would like also, he he knows so much about that. So getting to um, play with someone that studies music theory is mm. also really interesting. It's hyper beneficial in writing because I get to write songs with Justin and he's a music theory juggernaut. Like oh, the really? dude just has a wealth of, uh, dude, you can literally be playing a note and be like, I want to do the opposite of this note on the next thing. And he'll go, he'll go look at it and he'll go, okay, one, two, three. You know, he'll tell you the arrangement and you'll hit it and you'll be like, that's exactly what the fuck was in my head. That's awesome. That's exactly what was in my head. And See, it's happened a fun. thousand times. <clears throat> I don't know shit about fuck. I can tell you that when I go like to seven and when I start going backwards, when I get to five, it's cool. That's a good, those two go together. That's yeah. it. Yeah, zero three five seven. I mean, shout out. It took me a long That's time to move French down that fretboard, dude. <laughs> this all, we'll see. Like, I mean, zero, what, like zero three five six seven. Those. Really mean, Shifo was the should... first band I was ever in where I was writing songs and notes were going past the fifth fret. 
<laughs> I was locked in, Daddy. I mean, just fucking, you could have made a guitar and chopped off the whole fun half of that motherfucker, dude. I'm uked up. <laughs> I just got a ukulele, actually. I need to start putting it in more shit. I got it. It's from Hawaii, dude. All the way. Oh, wow. Made from real. What's that? Kona wood? Koa? What's the wood? Koa wood? Yeah. It's sick. It, it reverberates and echoes all on its own. It's got this crazy pickup in it. My brother got it for me. Is it's it a wild. fisherman pickup? I think it is a fisherman. Wait, it's, really? It's like, <laughs> it's got all these buttons and Does knobs. Does it gent? <laughs> Honestly, if any ukulele could, it's fucking this one, dude. <laughs> Does it gent? All right, Terry Berry, or whoever. Isn't that right? Terry I Barry? love Steve Terry. Terry. Yeah. He's annoying as fuck, but I enjoy him. All the I think fucking... a lot of people could say that about me, too. So fuck it. It's all right. Being annoying, you're just you, man. Yeah. You're un- you're unapologetically you, too. I like you. That's no, I'm that very reason. apologetically don't... about me. Why? I don't know. I've never seen I you feel apologize like rub... for being yourself. I've... I apologize to myself for being the way that I am. It's very, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't see myself the way other people see me. You oh, know interesting. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. trust me. I'm not my biggest fan. <laughs> it's taken a lot of effort to get to this confidence and self-love to do what I'm doing, but yeah. You do need more confidence. I yeah, do. for sure. Uh, and, and we'll see. And it's like, I have confidence enough to where like, if you were to ask me to start singing something right now, I could start singing for you no matter what. Like, uh, cause it happened. What was it? Was it, uh, the toy drive show i met this lady she was really sweet but she she did that weird thing she's like oh you're a singer well sing, sing me, something. me something and i fucking hit immediately to carry underwood just rip a fart <laughs> i started i started screaming <laughs> i started screaming carrie underwood you like any he started screaming carrie underwood <laughs> but but then like that's a it, perfect response to that question yeah i'm like i dug my king into you know like i hit it immediately but then like if it's just <laughs> But then other situations, I have zero confidence. You know what I mean? Interesting. Yeah. And so, yeah. I just got, dude, I, I say it's you need more confidence. It work. took me a long time to get there, too. And now I am more confident. It, like, it's particularly like drumming. <clears throat> I never, I didn't even consider myself a drummer until just a few years ago. Really? Yeah. How long have you been playing drums? 20 years. Oh, shit. Yeah. Damn. That's why, like, you But, like, legit, like, I was always like, I'm. I'm not really like good. I can't do the things the people I look up to can do. Yeah. So I feel that. What even is that? You know, like I've always been like, I like you can say I'm a drummer because I play a drum kit, but I don't think I'm a drummer. Because when you look at it, it's like if I said I was a bassist, like yeah, it's not, I'm not fucking Getty Lee. I'm not the dude from Primus. Right. You know, I'm not world class musician bass player. But. What does that even mean, too, right? Right. So it's kind well, of just more in my One thing Reed it. Rayleigh told me, because, uh, you know, Reed Rayleigh from Wake and mm, stuff, yeah. he, because uh, one time he played bass for Noctmistium. Uh, not a shout out to Blake Judd, not an endorsement of Blake Judd. He's an <laughs> asshole. But Reed played in uh, Noctmistium. Unshout out to this him, fucking guy. Yeah, <laughs> I asked him, I was like, what was it like playing in Noctmistium and playing that big festival? And he goes, it's all the blues, man. You know what? Solid, <laughs> solid response. Philip. And, and that's that's what that's what I was telling the dude from Moisturizer last night. It was like, yeah, like you guys are slow, we're fast, and it technically shouldn't work, but it's all the blues. It does work. You know? It works. Why not, dude? Mo- mixed genre, I think, is the f- 
that the like that's the show, man. I Especially love it. in Little Rock, it's a big deal. God, it works it's, so good. Yeah, it does. Like you could throw like the, the like Uniwa, exciting, man. like Uniwa opening for Go for Gold or opening that show. Like that was a cool experience, and I really I want to see Uniwa do more stuff with like in the. He wants the, to do more stuff. He was just on. That's that, what he was talking about. That should be. A, I think that is. A, so that's a special person in this music scene for sure. Because a lot of the shit he's doing, I've noticed, and I've only 100%. met him a couple of times, but like he was really nice. But like all the stuff he's doing is very grassroots and stuff. So. He's down there, man. He's in the shit. He's yeah. in the thick of it. Just and like that's rooting around trying like, to find something. People like him and like Stan are big like inspirations to me. Like you know, Go for Gold, like Tiny Towns, all those bands are mm-hmm. huge inspirations to me personally because I see what they've done with their with what they've got. You know, absolutely. And because like. Tiny Towns, they, they're an Arkansas band, but you would never know by listening to them or seeing them live because they have no... Dude, like every local... We say local because we're from here, and they are too. Yeah. But there are bands that start, and their first fucking show, you're like... Because I think local comes with the connotation of sort of good, you know? Like you have this already like set in your brain preconceived notion of how they're going to be. Mm-hmm. But like 98% of the local bands here are absolute murderers. They crush on like a level. Mega professional musicians. It's crazy. Right out of the gate too. Not even like, yeah, we've played a thousand shows. It's This is our second show ever. And you're well, like, you got to be fucking around. And like, well, see, Paul Bear was like that, right? Like I wasn't here or didn't get to see Paul Bear. I've never seen Paul Bear live, which is kind of embarrassing. It's one reason why get, I want to play with him because I want to <laughs> see him. And even if I can't play like with here, him. You're getting a headlining set from and every like, band almost every night. Yeah. Like everybody here is uh, it's it's interesting how insanely talented everybody here is. And then like the dudes that are in multiple bands, you know, like and there's dudes that are in two different bands that are like popping off. Like CT's in like three different bands that have oh, had yeah. some moderate level of like high level of success, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um like yeah. Like yeah, Ted, sure. Stan, Morbid Visions, like as Evan, like all those like it's interesting. Um Tommy with Condemn and Terminal, like there's oh, there's a bunch. Yeah. There's a bunch. It's very that that's really fascinating to me. I like that. And I like that I get to be in two different bands. Like I don't know where things are going with Galrow just yet, but like it's fun getting to play something just a little bit be. out of my Whatever's supposed zone. to happen will happen. You yeah. just let it be. And you know, getting to play like because it's a little bit faster, you know what I mean? So like it's it's fun uh getting to learn yeah. about myself and like learn like can I do this, you know. That's and, me and Crows right now. Like we're just kind of like I'm literally like, I'll show up, I'll help craft the songs, y'all do the rest, whatever I can help with, I'll help with. And it's neat to be not the person doing stuff and just be kind of like watching it happen. And it works like a fucking charm. Like they write most of the stuff, she writes all her own lyrics. And they're goofy as hell. Like we have a song called T-Rex Boyfriend. And it's literally about a dream my wife had where she had a boyfriend that was a Tyrannosaurus Rex. <laughs> Oh, she's so like, that's awesome, the song, man. dude. <laughs> see, I like I love y'all because like I remember getting to see y'all at the, the that show at the labyrinth, and I was like, what oh, yeah. the fuck? And see, one of my favorite things about Crazy is uh, I love Ian's like setup, like the fact that this dude bought a dark glass cab Bro. just to like fucking add a just a little extra oomph. terror ramp, like dude, it's all the oomph. Yeah, uh, that the favorite. My favorite, like we've done a couple of shows only, but my favorite one was the Venos, dude, because we re- we sound checked oh. each amp. My God, the tone, because that guitar is a fucking two thousand dollar. That's my guitar. That really? Telly, that's mine. Oh wow, that's got Fishman's in it, loaded up. Like I spent a fortune just 
making it better than it already was. And just his whole setup is just as professional as you can fucking make it. That middle cab, the guitar cabinet, mm-hmm. that's uh, Jeremy McHale and his dad built that. Really? <coughs> yeah. Huh. It's loaded up with Celestians. Like, it's unreal, man. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That, that's, it's like the most tone I've ever heard from a single human on one side of the room. And you guys don't even play fucking doom metal. That's like some shit doom metal bands do, bro. <laughs> yeah, like, it's fucking like, right, exactly. Paramore riffs, man. <laughs> yeah, they all write Paramore riffs with this big like. Well, like even Healing Magic, the band that I saw, like really, they was like it's just two dudes, but they had like fucking like three, you know, three or four different guitar cabs just for or, like three guitar cabs and a bass cabinet for like they're just their guitarist. Uh huh. That's wild. I love I love shit like that. I think it's cool, and that's another thing. Like it's it's distinctly well, I don't know if it's distinctly Little Rock, but it's distinctly you guys. You know, you're you're doing things your own way. Yeah, and you know, and I think that's why it works. I think it's what you have to do now, right? That's what you guys are doing. So everybody, I mean, authenticity will always win. There's Last doing your version of something. You know, like oh, I really like this. Let me do that my version of it. But being yourself now, I think used to. You could be like this persona thing, and I don't think that really works like it used to. I think that was more of like before we could peek behind the curtain infinitely kind of vibe. Like even when I first moved here, I was like, oh, I'm Mr. Cool Guy, like death metal or whatever, and I have to play death metal, and I have to be brutal, and like I have mm-hmm. to be like, blah. Right, right, right. And and then it's like the opportunity to play Doom came along, and I'm like, this is these are the, the songs that we're playing. This is this type of shit that I've started learning guitar to learn how to do mm-hmm. and to play you know so uh so that's when you're like okay well maybe this isn't what i envisioned but let's just do it and and, and then it worked so well then it's like oh okay well there we go there you go that's all you need yeah there's the answer and i think because it seems like so often there's this pressure people feel like they have to be something that you have sure. to be you know okay i want people to mosh for us so we have to have these breakdowns and shit you know what i mean and so uh i just i hope that people like understand like it's really about pouring your letting your personality come out and not what you think sure. you should be doing you know it's yeah. what are you good at it's yeah. you know Kind of, and then taking like, oh well, I'm good at this. So you expound upon it, you even know? if it's not what you want to do. If it's uh, if it's you though, that's what if it is. Yeah, yeah. Authenticity always wins. Nowadays, like a hundred percent. I've talked about that a bunch. With just even not only here, but like just crowds of people, you'd be like, yeah, people want someone who's going to be their self, even if the thing they're doing is ha 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 ha, but they're still being them. Like, um, who's that crazy ass comedian that has that talk show, Eric Andre? Where it's just oh, yeah. unfucking real, but that. that dude ain't faking. I don't. No. I don't get the vibe that that's just some show. I think if I'm talking to him at some bar and we're just checking, something weird's coming out of his mouth for sure. I, I literally like, just tagged him in a post did, in this crash cast. <laughs> <laughs> investigate three. Oh, there you go. <laughs> what are we on on time? I forgot we have a, an out. I don't have an out anymore. Oh no. Yeah. Well, we do have it now because I gotta go get my dog here a little bit. Yeah. Okay, so we shout do out Merle Warner. He's in our music video. My dog's yeah. in music video. Hey, can we watch it before y'all leave? Yes. yes. All right, all right. You good? Yeah. Plug your socials. So, uh, Mammoth Caravan is on uh, Facebook, or as I like to pronounce it, Mammoth Caravan. 
We're on Facebook. Uh, please, listen, go like us on Instagram. we got to get those Instagram followers up. We only have like 350-something Instagram super popular. Please follow us on Instagram. Um, sorry, album comes out. Yeah, it's at Instagram.com forward slash Mammoth Care Van Doom. My favorite is when people, I'll talk to people at like bars and shit, and they're like, just type it for me. And so then yeah. I'm like, bum, 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 that's, follow. That's like 73 And then letters. I'll go like, I'll be like, hey, can I pull us on Spotify? And go to their Spotify, pull it up, bang, follow. Fuck and, yeah. and I love networking like that. It's so gorilla. And it's because I get one of them little tappy cards. I've, I've, dude, I've been seriously thinking about that shit. Yeah. Those, just having it in my wallet and being like, just tap my wallet with your phone. It'll pop up. Boom. There it and, is. Uh, shit makes a lot of sense. We do need one of these. Um, <clears throat> okay. So uh, album comes out February 25th. You can pre-order it on our Bandcamp, mammothcaravan.bandcamp.com. Uh, Spotify, it's going to be on, I don't know, all of the things. And the record comes out fucking today, because when this comes out, that's today. Mm, uh, it's uh, the, song. the music video comes the music out today. Then our song, Petroglyphs, comes out today. And then uh, the record that. comes out about a month from this day. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then we're do like I said March eighteenth we're doing our record release show with Bongzilla and Deadbird um, at Whitewater I assume at Whitewater sick ooh it's gonna be so packed it's, it's, it's gonna, gonna be, be nuts. our biggest show of the year yeah 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 like, and he was ta- he he had mentioned something about a cool production and everything so I'm I'm excited yeah we've got some ideas we, we just we just want to make it special what yes. we really want to do because like okay that. this is our coming out party this is our chance to play with our heroes right hey. this is our chance to play <laughs> with our biggest like you know with with a band like Bongzilla that's sure. super popular we get to play with a band that's mega influential to us and we'll, you know it's our it's our record release Happy we finally get man. to that's fucking sell awesome. CDs and shirt, you that's know. a big deal Get your fucking ticket now and don't be the dumbass smoking weed by yourself in the parking lot. Right. Because <laughs> like, it's gonna be uh, well, I'll I had say to that, listen I had to listen from through the wall, man. Yeah. <laughs> All those I will definitely be able to hear it outside. Dude, we were taking pictures with Kurt while fucking Mudlung played, and we could hear him damn near perfectly. <laughs> Mudlung, dude, what a band name, dude. What a band name. <laughs> and they're, and they're such wonderful people, too. <laughs> Maven Caravan's a fucking uh, I mean, that's just yeah, I'm still full. see my uh, so my my suggestions were because Robert was like he goes hey so uh, what do you think we should name this thing and we he he sort of threw a name out there and I took a or no or maybe I didn't see the name but I took a nap and then I woke up and Robert had suggested Mammoth Caravan had a logo and I was like. Y'all move oh, so fast. This my suggestions like, were going to be Weedy and Nazareth, but it was going to be O U I D I A N because like Weedy and Nazareth is a sleep reference. But like I saw on TikTok, people say weed like O U I D. I was like, oh, that's a cool idea. And so I was going to suggest Weedy and Nazareth, and then I was going to suggest uh, Sludge Coffin. And uh, I'm going to be honest with you, Corey. Mammoth Caravan is way better than both of those. I think so too. I have to agree on that one. <laughs> I'd hate to run around having to say whatever the first one was. Well, nobody would know how to pronounce yeah, Weedy exactly. Nazareth. Well, like I was telling the dude that was at the the uh, the promoter at the show last night, like what I was listening to is an acid mammoth song called Caravan, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, Mammoth Caravan! It sounds really cool." And so when uh, when I googled Mammoth Caravan, nothing popped up, like no band names, no anything, and it was like. The last original band name in this world is just now taken. There you go. Yeah. And I mean, uh, even this podcast has fuck. There's so many crash casts out there, but it's all like the the podcast one is air like uh, 
toy airplanes. That's what it's about. And he did like four episodes, and he owns all the good social media names. Oh, no. I'm just like, I don't know how to. He hasn't Wait, checked them since like 2016. You, maybe this is a bit. What made you call it Crashcast? Was there like a specific like? I I genuinely don't know. Oh really? Yeah. Huh. It's just what was in my brain. That's it. Cool. Got said, and I was like, "That's tight. I love it." It came up in a conversation, <clears throat> and I want to start my own venue and call it the Crash Castle. But oh, shit. yeah, that's like future things. Future things. Yeah. I just I just see it. It's like uh, with the neon light outside. You don't see that anymore, right? You know, venue with like the neon. Name. Dude, I love the venue. I want to play it. One thing I really want to see is to see our name on a marquee outside some venue somewhere. God, it's mine so was weird. in my first time ever was in Cabot with the first version of Annabelle at a place that was like a. It turned. It was a fucking plant. It was a nursery, a plant nursery. Mm-hmm. And we were on the marquee out front. That's so cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> it was just a weird. It was to me. It was exciting enough just seeing our poster on the wall at the fucking high tone. You know. Oh yeah, it's cool. That's sick. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. You're been so fucking awesome. awesome, dude. You're one unique individual. I love your story too. That's fucking wild. Dude. I can't believe it's just been two years. That's <laughs> that's wild. Yeah. All right, everybody, go check them out. Go watch the music video because it's right. It's out available right now. Through the obelisk is one of my far favorite like heavy metal sites. And it, oh, it though it's hosted. Yeah. Oh shit. Well, there you go. Fuck. That's even better. Thank you, Clawhammer PR. I could not express how grateful we are for the things you've done for us. Absolutely. And we're at Crashcast Pod and Crash Pass, Crashcast Pod on Twitter. Crashcast Pod One. Uh, that's it. Thank you for listening. <laughs>